Anyway, shall we get started? Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Sorry, let me get drinks so my throat's a little bit. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm a pain in the ass. I know. Drinks I'm are hydrating. Cool. Who knew? I mean, people spend bits to tell people to hydrate. Mm-hmm. All right. In five, four, three. Welcome to Preferred Enemies. That, that already screwed it up. Welcome to Preferred... Ah, okay, drink more. <laughs> drink more. Chug, 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 chug. <laughs> no. No, I'm not going to chug. <laughs> and... In other news, Rob waterboarded himself today trying to hydrate for the show. I mean, self-waterboarding's better than the alternative, I guess, right? Yeah, is it? Maybe? I don't know. Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Warhammer 40k podcast that's wrapping up the year. I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis. And Richard. And yeah, this is going to be our last episode of 2023. Uh, we are, uh, this episode will probably be dropping on Christmas Eve. So uh, we are using this as our opportunity to kind of uh, look back at the year, look forward to the year ahead. And our main thing that we're going to be looking at in our first section is a question that I personally have been trying to kick around in my head and get a get a hold of. And that is, is 10th edition 40K good yet? And the topic we'll be looking at in the second half of the show is our predictions and our wish lists for 2024, as well as a few of yours. Uh, we put out a call yesterday on Facebook, uh, Blue Sky and Mastodon, and we've gotten a, a number of answers back, and we're seeing a few consistent themes, so we'll be talking about that. But first, we're going to get into that main topic, which is... Is 10th edition 40k good yet? And the reason I am personally asking this is I'm going to open up with some full disclosure here. I have not played uh, Warhammer 40k since July. The I played at Show Me Showdown, and I'm trying to remember, Richard, if I got in a game with you like right afterwards. Uh, I think it was. I think our last game was was like the week after or yeah. two weeks after or something like that. Yeah. And so I have not played since then. So that would have been the end of July. Yeah. I have not played. That, that's, that's the last time I've played as well. Yeah. So like August, September, October, November, and most of December now I had, so four and a half months I've kept up with the game. I've been re obviously reading codexes, watching MetaWatch articles. I've been talking to other people. I've been following like threads on Reddit and, and other places, you know, trying to kind of gauge the temperature of everything. And I'll be absolutely honest. I, between the game balance issues that were occurring at that time mm -hmm. and which were horrible. Yeah. Which was real bad. And some hobby not mishaps but false starts in my hobby which 
I broke a couple of cardinal rules. I tried to paint too much at once and oh. with a new with a, yeah. multiple units with new techniques. Yeah. Yeah, that's and like burnout too. It yeah, and it it did not come together the way I wanted it to and and it just crushed my confidence. It broke part of my interest and between that and the the balance issues, I just couldn't. Like I just couldn't get my head into the right space. And besides that, I was also just, I've been, you know, not all that into competitive play for a long while, but it's been the primary way to play, especially here in Kansas City. And I've, and I've talked to some other people who are kind of feeling the same way. They're like, they're just not feeling it right now. Yeah. I guess then I'm, I'm be the opposite of that of I've now found lots of people I didn't know played. I think I told the story that I, the symphony I play in, our conductor's husband plays 40k competitively. And so we, we saw him at the, um, grand narrative. And so I've played some competitive. I've played the narrative as you guys have hopefully heard in the grand narrative. And I've talked some of my other local friends into getting into the game. And we've got like a group of five of us now where we play at least once a month in just a casual, I'll even say it's a beer and pretzels game, even though we're playing at a um, local store. But we play for like five or six hours, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of fun because it, it we don't have the competitive thing on there. We're just playing to try out things. We're playing to see how things are and just kind of. I think that's what you've been kind of looking for. So I, I that is the other end of the spectrum of non-competitive. But it, it's yeah. It's what I've been doing, and so that's, I guess, from how I'll talk about it. Yeah, and and for me, one of the things that's also made this hard, and I, if you are not aware, I've I've talked a little bit about you know my you know I've got you know some mental health issues, and one of them is I have really bad social anxiety um, to the point where the first time when I was first getting into to Warhammer again after college. Um, I made a connection with somebody who was relatively local, relatively meaning like they played in a store that was about 40 minutes from where I live, but Casey's pretty spread out. And so we set up a, a time to get together and, and meet for the first time in person. And I drove down to that store and I, that store, by the way, no longer open, but, uh, but back then, um, I walked into that store. The store was packed. And I immediately did a 180, walked right out back to the car and had a panic attack for about 30 minutes until I could pull myself back together, contact my partner, let her know it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not in a good space right now. And she kind of like talked me, talked me through it a bit. And then I pulled myself together and I walked back out and did the thing. And, uh, and for the most part, I've been able to use 40K as kind of an icebreaker. Um, anybody who's met me in person, I don't know if you know that I have that level of social anxiety, but meeting new people terrifies me unless I'm with somebody I know already to kind of not necessarily be a buffer, but I feel like I'm not going in alone, which is why going to events with you guys has been really was really easy for me because it's yeah. like I always knew I had somebody there and now you guys are gone and it's all your fault. No. Wow. <laughs> no. Wow. Hey, you know what? I, I have said every year, like, 
you guys are welcome to come to LVO. Like, I will be there. So LVO's a a budget thing for me. Yeah, for me, this year is this year is especially well. At the beginning of the year, it wouldn't necessarily been a budget thing. I wasn't ready to travel again. Yeah, given everything, this year I would love I would love to travel, but we also just bought a new car and are sending our kid overseas next summer so it's like <laughs> budgets travel budgets, budgets gone <laughs> yeah budgets a thing so lvo is probably out of yeah, the cards for me for right now but no well, no I, I three weeks so <laughs> no i i i i joke though it's like honestly i yeah. the thing is i know enough people at various stores i could go and have somebody there so it's like mm. i can do it but it's it's for me, it's like I and, and I'm not this is not a fault of the game. This is me. So it's like it's just it's a bit harder for me to to make that step to meet people. But uh, I I am kind of while I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions because we, we say we're going to do something and how often do we not? But I really do have a goal of I'm getting back into it. I'm I'm gonna start putting myself back out there in in January, and I have I've decided I'm gonna focus on my Chaos Space Marines. I know they're getting a new codex early next year, so uh, it'll be a good time to to take what I've got because I've got a lot of stuff for them. So I should ha- I shouldn't need a, a much in the way of new stuff. So I, I'm I'm ready to kind of jump in on that but i but that's why i have the question like is the game at a good space yet because last time i played absolutely wasn't uh i've heard from a number of people it's that better balance than at the end of ninth edition wasn't a huge fan of the end of ninth edition anyway but so so you you two uh kevin and dennis you have actually been playing in events pretty regularly since edition launch and so, uh, just, you know, we've, we've had another four months, so it's another quarter has gone by. And, uh, actually, the uh, trimester, but, you know, uh, <laughs> but another, right. uh, another quarter of the, of the year has gone by. And so, I uh, wanted to kind of go back and look at our grade card and see how things have changed in, uh, the last four months. Uh, we'll ignore the lead up and transition because that's pretty much locked in. That's done. Right. We are yeah. firmly out of transition phase now. Yes. Um, so unless you want to think of transitioning from <laughs> index to codex, uh, I think we, we will get to that. We'll get to that. I think that'll probably fall under there. There's other categories that will fall under. Uh, but, uh, so we'll, we'll leave our lead up and transition score alone. Uh, yeah. When we got to the core rules, uh, we gave it a pretty solid B average. Two Bs, a B plus, and an A minus. Um, and obviously, we've had some errata to the core rules, especially with things like uh, battle tactics stratagems being the only ones that can be affected by generic stratagem altering effects. Mm-hmm. And uh, the change for, to devastating wounds from being mortal to being their own thing that ignores saves but doesn't isn't affected by anything that saves against mortal wounds. Um, so with the core rules, are we still looking at a B or are we looking a little bit better, a little bit worse? Is it pretty, you know, where are we on that? Uh, for me, I think the, the FAQs of the core rules, like the changes to devastating wounds, like you mentioned, some of the, the different changes, to the stratagems kind of come out in the wash. Like I think in some ways they're better, but there's still some like vestigial, Faction rules of like, well, this army had a lot of protection against mortal wounds, but now mortal wounds don't really exist the same way. So 
I think it's kind of comes out in the wash. I, I think it's still the core rules and the core of the game is still pretty solid. Okay, and I think and then, I'll f- follow up with okay. Kevin. I'm I'm going to stick with the B. I don't remember what I said last time. Maybe this might be lower. But it was I a think B. You gave it, it was a B. exactly a B. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, because I'm not looking at that. Um, I think the rules have changed sideways. So I mean, they didn't get yeah. better. They didn't get worse. It was just kind of a side grade. And I mean, they're still solid. Um, they're just they they tweak some things up to make some things not as broken, but by doing so, they did unintentionally break some other things, like Kevin was alluding to. Um, yeah. Or actually, he, Kevin flat out said, I shouldn't say alluding, but like custodes and, and don't tell dark me what angels. I said. <laughs> <laughs> But with Custodes and Dark Angels, their mortal wound stuff yeah. is just gone. Although, I thought that at the time, but with the newer codexes coming out and playing against, like, Necrons and Tyranids, they don't dish out devastating wounds in those codexes. They dish out mortal wounds. Yeah. And so, it, mortal wounds might be making a comeback and saving devastating for just bigger things. So Yeah, I definitely think that as we roll more codexes out, get more of these updates, I think... Dean's issues will fix themselves. Like, I do think that, like, part of the reason why the Custodes didn't get an FAQ to, like, make their stuff work for devastating wounds, they're getting a new codex soon-ish. I bet it'll be addressed there. So, that stuff will eventually, like, work itself out. Now, speaking of the... I was going to look at the the roadmap for... Uh, so, s- this spring, we've got... Yeah, Dark Angels, Orcs, Adeptus Custodes, Tau Empire, Chaos Space Marines. So it's funny, my Tau are going to come out probably before my Chaos Space Marines, but uh, I I might. One of my reasons for not going in with Tau is because I don't own any Tetras, nor do I want to buy any or print any. And I, I was having a discussion with someone. I was like, I think there are more. Tetras in play right now, like or people, there are more people playing Tetras than Tetras have actually been manufactured by Forge World. Oh, one hundred percent. As as with most Forge World units, like that's just yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. say on the other side of this, Rob, I am now sad that I started Emperor's Children last summer because now I have three codexes out of those five to look into getting. Oh yeah, because you got dark <laughs> dark angels, which yeah. technically you're going to need two books because it's only a codex supplement. No, I already have the Space Marines codex, so I don't need okay. it anymore. Oh, fair, fair. <laughs> so, un- unrelated to this actual conversation, just as my own personal annoyance here, if you Google Codex Roadmap, the one that comes up in the first search result from the Warhammer Community site is the Ninth Edition Roadmap, and that just. <laughs> Like, I've been searching this entire time trying to find the graphic of the new 10th edition one, and I can't find it. It's all the stuff from 9th, and that's really just See, annoying I, to me. I did it I, I, on the first page was the 9th edition, was the first 10th edition, and then was the one I wanted, which was the one from the Grand Narrative, to show us where the sister's on there. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I could there see we. that, that basically, at, you know, and, and it also depends on, like, where were these codexes like in the development cycle when like the balance state is slate hit, because that's also going to be a big, you know, modifier on this. I mean, yeah. we're already seeing the issue of codexes are out of date as, as soon as they hit the table with the GW knowing that they will be and putting those QR codes in to make sure that you could get the real points. 
the, Damn. You know, as soon as you get the book, which we'll yes. we'll get to that more later. So I made a I made a joke before we started recording that I was just going to plagiarize everything I said this episode. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to actually credit who I plagiarized from. Um, <laughs> Tabletop uh, Time released a YouTube video last week or whatever uh, about kind of the history of codexes and things like that. It was very interesting. 20 minute video, like going through the history of the different editions of codexes. And then the final question they asked at the end is, are codexes still relevant? And I kind of think the, yeah, I kind of think the answer like you come to is no. That like, do, is this the best way to be releasing these rules? I don't know. It's, and we talked about it last time as well with some of the codexes, but like with all the stuff being out of date in our wish list, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just very interesting spot for like the way that they've traditionally updated the rules. Oh, it's very interesting. But anyway, that's aside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. We also, our next topic was the Leviathan mission pack. And this one, uh, I think we, we gave it a bit rougher scores. I, you, Kevin, you and I gave it a C plus Dennis, you gave it a B plus Richard, you gave it a B um, and primarily, I think that was because there are a couple of missions like Supply Skulls that are just actively yeah. bad. And uh, yeah. there's been no changes to any of those. So, yeah, the good thing here is that we're going to get a new season, I assume, with the next, you know, in, in a month with the new data slate. So we'll have new missions and that's fine. I'm, you know, it, it's good to periodically update the rules for these missions. I think the mechanics of how the missions are designed and how they work, for the most part, is pretty good. And I think you can build that platform going forward and make new and interesting missions. What I've been playing a lot recently is, like, the Crusade stuff. You know, playing at the Grand Narrative, playing some of these other ones. And I really love those fun, fluffy missions. So, yeah, I think the missions will be fine when they get the next ones. Well, I will drop my score in this one. I'll drop it from the B-plus to a B, since you'd let me know what it was. Um and that's solely because of what you guys referenced earlier in I have now played that Servo Skull and the other bad missions because yeah. when we play, we just randomly generate the missions. And I think my little play group has kind of agreed that if we draw that one randomly, because we pull them out randomly, uh, we'll just draw something else. Yeah. Um, it's a bad mission. It's just, yeah. it's an actively bad mission. But beyond that, it's still a lot of fun to get the random things. Like even yesterday when we played, um, we had to laugh at this first, but we pulled the thing that said, draw two cards, and both of those are mm-hmm. your extra thing. And then we read them. One was says, okay, well, you can't um, uh, advance six inches unless you take, or you'll take a mortal wound. And then the other one we said, there are no extra mission rules for this one. And then we're like, how does that work? And then we went back to read the original. It says, oh, if you get the cleansing rain, yeah. ignore it, because ignore you it, get- draw another one. Yeah. yeah. That's what we did. So it's just, it's just funny that, yeah, they thought about that already. So it's like, no, I, I still like the deck a lot. I still yes. have the fear that when I'm playing at a store, um, making sure I pick up all the cards afterwards. Cause if you yeah. even lose one of them, um, yeah, the, the deck, deck shot. Yeah. 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 Well, it's only shot if you know you've lost one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. true, true. <laughs> That's so, weird. But, I never get to. I never get the server schools mission anymore. Who knew? It's so weird. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> but I'd say, um, all in all, I still enjoy the the mission deck, and I'm hoping yeah. that they'll have an improved one for the next six months. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say, uh, and 
this is what I've picked up from some of the, like, especially when you look at some of the, the armies that are winning now and how they're winning is that the Leviathan mission deck, like the, the philosophy of these missions and how these games play out is that I think more than ever in the game's history is this game about scoring those particular objectives, playing to the mission rather than just killing things with a couple of caveats. Yes, Kevin, I know you're going to say about world eaters, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but for the most like sisters are winning, not because they're like killing everything, but they're playing to the, they're playing to the mission with like sacrificial units to score points well, uh, you know, things like that. So I, it's like I, anybody can win now by playing, just playing to the mission yes. and trying to weather through. Well, I've got two things on that. One, um, when they started this edition, they said it's going to be a player mentality needs to shift on how they play the game. Because as we're seeing now, it's killing people is not, I mean, yes, it'll help. But if you, like you said, Rob, have these sacrificial units to make your objective still obtainable, you will win. And I think the bad thing is now that we've got the player mentality shifted to that, we'll get a new <laughs> mission set. Um, but I'm hoping it's set in the same style as the Leviathan missions. And that way we can keep that mindset because I remember when I first got into 40 K it was play to the mission. You could still like lose a bunch of units. You could still win if back at the time it's all end game scoring, but keep enough alive to go score those end game things because I mean, that's where my jet bikes were awesome. I could go snag objectives at the end of games. Um, but I, I kind of like that we're getting back to playing the missions. It's not just a kill fest. In fact, if you want to do the kill fest, you, they have the open war mission you could just do, which is pretty much kill fest. Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been interesting. And, and you're right. They, you know, it's a lot of that has been pivoting because I think ninth edition was still very much a killy thing. Yes. Edition. Uh, and if you start watching like the the championships and like the Twitch streams of like those games that were played in the World Championships, that's a big thing. Like playing the mission and and scoring the objectives and doing those types of things is like, especially at the top level, that's how you win those games. So yeah, I, I do think that this they have fully shifted us towards like playing the missions. Um, and hopefully now, yeah, we get new missions and they keep they keep on that same that same trajectory. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. All right, uh, moving up to the next topic was uh, ease of play, speed of play. Has the game, you know, been streamlined? Is it still simplified uh, but simple? Um, and we gave it solid Bs, Bs and B pluses. Dennis, you and I both gave it a B plus. Kevin, you and Richard gave it a B. I mean, I'll keep my B plus here with a caveat of um, when I do the competitive ones, it feels more streamlined still. So I'm, I'm good with that. But... Narrative, uh, crusade rules are not streamlined. Oh my gosh, no. All the bookkeeping you have to do is still a lot of bookkeeping you have to do. Thankfully, it's not during the game, but you, it still affects the later games as your crusade force gets more rules. Um, you have more stuff to remember, more to do. Um, and then truthfully, in my friendly games that I've been playing here, yeah, I mentioned those games take five hours normally. <laughs> so, but then again, we're also doing a team game where we've got four people on one table, each with a thousand points. And so I'm giving that my caveat of I'm playing five hour games, but it's because we're choosing to kind of play slow, just kind of 
chit chat and yeah, kind of. Well, it takes two people on a side takes longer. <laughs> yeah, t- team games always take longer. Um, I would actually probably like raise my score up a little bit on on ease of play, speed of play because. I went back and re-listened to the episode uh, 284 before this just to see what I'd said so that, you know, I'm not completely contradicting everything I thought back then. Um, But I think one of the big things that I made was that with speed of play, ease of play is as people get more comfortable and more familiar with the mission, the the core rules and their, you know, and their armies that that'll pick up. And, And I do believe that like having played, I've only played one army this entire edition so far. But, like, I'm pretty confident, like, okay, I can set this down. I know exactly what they do. I know how they interact with things. Um, I'm not having to shuffle through the cards as much to find things. Um, So I do think that, like, that aspect is sped up a little bit. I will give also agree with Dennis on the Crusade part. That Crusade is still a little clunky, especially since most, oddly enough, since most of the factions don't have dedicated Crusade rules. It feels a little clunkier. Yeah, hook. it feels a little feels a little clunkier because you're looking through like a smaller set trying to fit things in. Whereas in ninth edition, you had rules for your own faction, so it was a little bit cleaner to just look at this small set and kind of know what you're building towards, rather than you know having to read through the entire Leviathan Crusade thing to find an upgrade that you want. So um, I think having fewer options has made Crusade more difficult, at least initially, but. That'll that'll fix itself. Now, one thing I've heard uh, about this edition, and and I can see where they're coming from. It hasn't bothered me too much, but also it it was something that was very much helped by having like the index unit cards, whether you printed them out yourself or you bought the the thicker plastic ones. Is that we've shifted all the the complexity of the game from stratagems and army rules, which ninth edition that was a huge problem is that like there were way too many stratagems per faction. Army rules were very complex in some cases, very clunky and units were relatively simple and we've shifted all the difficulty and all like the fiddly bits and logic to the individual units, like every unit having their own special ability. And so the issue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with that, but I also think that, having the cards and like now getting having played more games with it and like knowing what each unit does it's easier for me to remember that an eight bound unit does xyz than it is to be like okay what is my army faction what is my army rule what is this how does this work it's like i i can look at that that card and be like okay i know everything i need right here and there are two stratagems that maybe interact with them um and it's for me it's easier to kind of compartmentalize and then as I swap out units, use a different card or whatever, I don't have to like know the full thing. I can just focus on that unit, that card, what it does. So I, I, I yeah, I, I think I'm right with Kevin there. I think compartmentalize is the best word to use because I can see a striking scorpion. I know what they do. They have special rules that I can look at Howling Banshee. I know what they do. Or in this case, like yesterday's, I did a bunch of dreadnoughts. Each dreadnought has its own special rule. I didn't have to like make them all the same by looking at my stratagems. If I had like 30 stratagems of which one applies to this situation, it's like very simple. This guy does this. This guy does this. There was no decision making that I had to remember. It was all set in stone. 
Um, I have been made fun of by my team because, unlike Kevin, I have not played one army. I think I've played, what, one, two, three, four, five. I've played seven different armies since this edition started. <laughs> um, so I've been known to forget things. But having the rules on the unit cards has been great because when I take the cards, it's right there. And I, I still like the cards more than the app. Um, the app's really nice. Well, it's getting less nice. We'll talk about that. It's still really nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I will even say yesterday, though, I was actually using the Space Marine Codex for the Dreadnoughts because that's where they were. And it was just easy because I was like three pages. I just had them kind of carded so they were marked so I could flip between them quickly. And all my rules were right there. It was nice. And I had a one-page stratagems where I could go, but I had the one I really cared about, which was Dreadnoughts blow up when they um, – Deadly Demise, or when they die, they Deadly Demise automatically, and that's the only stratagem I really used. Um, but yeah, I like having them on the cards, and I don't think it makes it more complex, It because it gives you an easier way to remember what the rule is, because, oh, this Dreadnought does this. Oh, the these aggressors, they do this. And it just gets in your head, because you've got a visual thing to associate with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, like, I couldn't tell you what everything in the Tau Codex does, but, like, while I was playing at Show Me Showdown, I was getting pretty comfortable with, like, what the individual units I had did. Um, I do think that it can occasionally lead to some balance issues because some of the abilities on units are just notably better than others, but I think that will get more into a <laughs> faction balance issue. Yes. Uh, Eldar, but, cough, cough. Oh. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely... <laughs> um, yeah, I would I would say it, it didn't seem, you know, the last the times I was playing, it was pretty easy to play and it still, you know, it felt close enough to ninth edition and and they they filed off a lot of the the rough spots. I do think there's a couple things where they they filed off a bit too much like the psychic phase, but that'll get into execution of new uh new uh, new ideas. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really argue about the, the ease of play. It's, it, it isn't as streamlined as some games, but it's also has a lot more moving parts than a lot of games. Most games that are coming out these days tend to be at the skirmish level, or maybe how, even if they're not, they're like half the size battle wise of like a 40k event. So uh, I can definitely see, like, it's definitely gotten better than it was. Yes. Um, moving on to army building. Are the new army building rules working as attended? We give this one pretty much a B to B plus average. Uh, Richard, you and I gave it a B. Ke- Kevin, you gave it an A minus, and Dennis, you gave it a B plus. I'm still B plus. I, I my gripe with army building is is going to be the units. It's um, like right now I'm planning to do knights in January. I'm going to break, break out the chaos knights. So that'll be my eighth <laughs> faction to play against these guys. Um, <laughs> and my my list, even with enhancements, is only 930 points out of 1,000. So, I mean, there are times when your units cost so much that you can't um, fit anything else in. And you're out of enhancements, so you can't fit those in. So, I don't know. I... I I see that problem and knights have always had this problem because mm-hmm. they're just big units, but it just feels very exasperated when you're at a thousand points and you're 70 points down and there's nothing for you to take. Yeah. Um, it definitely seemed like it was a problem with crusade play as well. Oh, um, yeah. Cause I noticed a lot of people that mentioned that they're like, 
well, you, you can't take enhancements. You know, like I can't take multiple right. enhancements. I can't do that. So you're you're just down points. And like, yeah, that sucks. Um, Which is also why in Crusade, I just stuck yeah. with that one list because I didn't want to think about pulling things, putting things, and how it all yeah. interacted. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate. And I I think hopefully as more you know as more codexes come out. There's a wider variety of upgrades and, and some of the, you know, they kind of fix some of that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I still think it's, it's an issue and I've, it seems a little bit more prominent in Crusade play, but I still don't really yeah. think it's a huge problem. No. And that's, like I said, my only gripe. I still like using the Warhammer app. Um, I probably have way too many armies. Like last night, I even put like, my 1,000 and 2,000 point night lists I was testing out for January in there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very nice. It's very easy. And I still like the app. It's just, for me, the points um, sometimes are a little rough because of the way the units plus enhancements work. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, I think the biggest problem I'm still seeing with army building is that because there's no ability to fine tune units based on war gear. Like there's, there's no way to balance them based on war gear short of what we're seeing, like with the Mechanicus codex where they're like, Oh, well the taser lances and the jails on the Sidonian dragoons, we're just going to have to split them into two units. It's the only way we can possibly balance them, which maybe we'll see more of that. Yeah. But it also leads to an issue of now you can have twice as many of those, those bodies on the board. Because now they are not the same unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that also has its own issues. But yeah, it's like with... And I, as somebody who primarily played Tau in the earlier parts of 10th edition, like, it's a very obvious problem. Because, like, with when you have a unit like Crisis Suits, where you have so many possible weapon loadouts... Oh, gosh, yeah. But they all cost the same. You might as well just find the best all-comers list, which is going to be... For Tau, it's still Cyclic Ion Blasters. Well, and I'll toss out the Wraith Knight. I still would love to use my Sword and Board Wraith Knight. He's not mm-hmm. worth 500 plus points. <laughs> no, but that's because the, the dual Wraith Cannon one oh, absolutely I know. is. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it's... There's... I think also one of the things that is interesting about this edition, but also is kind of weird, is how... Like, with the the limit of you can't have three, you know, you can't have more than three of one unit unless it's battle line. Okay, fine. That's that's fine. But no restrictions otherwise other than, like, you know, no more than one of, like, an epic character. You know, mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, no name, you know, more, no more than one of a named character. Um, you do end up with some very interesting lists. And by interesting, I'm, mean like, a little spammy. <laughs> Uh, especially when it comes to characters. So, for example, uh, Mani Chima's list that won uh, the World Champions. Uh, he had, like, three Chaos Lords and two Dark Communes. and could, Because, like, well, these are all things that add in nicely into other units to give them buffs. And that's, you know, kind of based around how the whole leader bodyguard dynamic works. Like, these units are actively better if you put the right leaders with them um but not having any limitation on like character slots for example is (laughs) you know leads to some just weird just like lists that were you know are very very 
strangely open. And it's also like I look at the I, I compare it to like the Arcs of Omen detachment, which we really loved. We loved the Arcs of Omen detachment because it did give you a lot more freedom, but still had limitations. There was still a little bit of, you know, give and take like you couldn't have like if you go all in on uh, fast attack, for example, you can't go all in on. Uh, elites also, or you'd be stuck at three HQs unless you had elites who were also characters. And with no slots, no no restrictions really at all other than the rule of three. I, I don't necessarily say it's a bug. I think it's an intentional choice. I do think they I do they wanted to allow that. But I do think it's it feels like, I don't know, it just, I'm still kind of adjusting to this new idea of I, I just, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to frame it, but it's just like army building is a very different beast than it has been in any other edition. Yes. Yeah. And, and I feel too, to bring your last point, Rob, back to what Kevin and Dennis were talking about. Certain factions will have like those cheap characters <laughs> that they can take multiples of, and that fills out a list better. Yes. But some factions don't have that at all. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think that, yeah, I think that's definitely a concern because you, you mentioned as well, like some armies are very capable and very well able to uh, take advantage of, of leaders and buff units and do these things. And then other factions, <clears throat> world leaders, uh, don't have any, like, Angle there is not a right? there is not a single <laughs> character I can take to add to my Terminator squad and a World Leaders army to make them better. Like I don't have any options. The World Leaders Terminators are worse than every other faction because I cannot add anything to them. And like they'll eventually fix that. I hope. But like I hope because that's a you know, but that's a problem. You know, even like the Space Wolves and the Dark Angels have those extra Terminators, but on them they say have a thing saying. If you can take, if this leader can join a Terminator squad, it can also yep. lead this squad. And exactly. They probably just need to put that line on the world leaders once. But there's, but that's the thing is there's no, there's no Terminator characters. There's no Terminator leaders. And like, and, and again, in, like, the, hmm? I was going to say in all of, but I guess that's right. World leaders is separate from. Exactly. Yeah. God. So like, and that's the thing that's, is like taking, <laughs> taking Terminators. And I just use Terminators as an example, but this, this comes up in Voton as well, where there's certain Voton units that can't take leaders. There's certain other, you know, there's all limitations on what you have, but like World Leaders Terminators is kind of the easiest example because if I take a World Leaders Terminator unit that is kitted out exactly the same as a Chaos Space Marines Terminators unit, like it's going to be worse. It's going to perform, perform worse across the board. Because I cannot add anything to it, whereas I have all this flexibility to add other buffs. I can add a sorcerer to it. I can add a chaos lord. I can get all these extra buffs, and they just don't exist. So, like, it's not equally distributed yet amongst the factions, you know, with leadership buffs. So, yeah. And then, Rob, I've got one other idea for if you're running against a bunch of leaders. Stilt man. True. I, well, but also, like, when we did Stilt our Mechanicus... 
Yeah, when you did our Mechanicus review, like, we pointed out, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, the Skatari have, like, the Skatari Marshal can join two units. Like, yeah. that's that's it. Um, mm-hmm. The Tech Priests can join a number of units, but there's a lot that they can't. Um, you know, so you just end up with these, like, weird interactions. I can't put a Canonist in with Sisters Repentia. Just, you just yeah. can't. No, or, absolutely. Or, like, Retributors. You can't attach a character to there's nobody who will join them and there's no character yeah. who can so it's it's weird well so i guess i well i do think that yes there's still weird interactions and they they i think they tried to to correct a problem they had in eighth and ninth where you couldn't join units and they were probably a little too restrictive on it um and i think they'll hopefully find that balance especially as more models come out more codexes more units get released cuz sisters are in we often kind of forget about Summer. it. Sisters are very much in a place like Voton and World Eaters where, like, they still don't have a ton of units. Um, you know, there's definitely there's stuff few, that can though. be added. Sisters, I think – Sisters are pretty well fleshed out at this point. Yeah. I think there's a lot of char- – I think they could get some extra character support because there's not really a lot of, like, God, characters. They've, no, they've got a ton of characters. They've got a ton of – you just hear me because I'm using Celestine and Vol because there's no characters for Seraphim and Zephyrim and there's no sure. characters Yeah, you've got like a Magifiers, suits. like a Magifiers, Dialogus, Hospitalers, Palatines. I mean, half uh, their yeah. characters are in the – or were in the Elite slot guess, is probably why you don't remember still them, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess there's – I guess what I mean is like there's still certain characters – there's still slots of like, like Seraphim, Zeraph, you know, Zephyrim that don't really have characters that can join, things like that. But – Right. Yeah, I guess there's more than I was remembering, but – yeah, well, I've, I've skewed yeah. your, your memory. <laughs> there's, pre, you know, priests even. Yeah. You know, it's like, you've got there's, stuff that can join. Yeah. So there's certainly, like, but I think they'll flesh that out as they get, as they build these factions out a little bit more um, and potentially loosen up some of those restrictions as, as they go along. But the reason why I still think that, like, for me, this still, like, gets a, a positive is there are absolutely missions and secondaries you can actively choose if you look across the table and you see that they have, you know, half their army is leaders. Oh, well, I'll just take the character assassination one. Like, right. you know, so it's like, so I do think that it still balances out. And I think that you have the, the, the choice to like pick secondaries to still, as we mentioned earlier, like play to the mission and, um, you know, and, and still be able to accomplish your objectives and win a game. You don't necessarily look at it. You know, I can't, I don't necessarily look at a chaos marine list and be like, Oh my gosh, I have so many buffs and leaders. I can't win. You just have to play a little bit differently. Hmm. All right, next uh, category. This is one we were just, we gushed about how wonderful things were at the launch of 10th edition in this regard. (laughs) Rules accessibility. How well have the rules been made available to the player base? We gave this A's and A minuses across the board. It was the best score we gave 10th edition. Would you still give it an A today? <laughs> no. Uh, the Necron, so the Necron rules are locked out of the app and no longer on the website, and I can't buy a codex anywhere. So, you know, take that for what you what you think would adjust my score. Well, I, I'll just give you an actual letter because that's what you're looking for. I would drop this all the way down to a C. Um yeah. because of the same thing that we've been hinting at and it's it's rough because I really think they need a digital unlock for the rules, like 20, 30 bucks, where you can, for the people, especially the people that just want the rules and not the lore, I mean, it would be perfect. Um, and they need something like that, especially if you don't have a codec, because, yeah, 
I think if I wanted a Necron or a Mechanicus Codex, I could probably find one out here somewhere. But my local store was sold out morning of. So, and they still don't have it a week later. Uh, but yeah, the rules accessibility was great early on. Now it's really limiting. And I play with a Tyranid player and a Necron player. I did not buy those codexes because they're not armies I play. So now I can't actually look up the rules for what my opponents will be playing ahead of time. And I don't want to say that's a problem, but it's, it's kind of a inconvenience. I'll say that. But also then the fact I've, as we've, I've noted, I have a problem. I mean, 12 armies. Um, that's 12 codexes I'm going to have to look at getting over the next year. And it's, I mean, if, if they had a digital option of just unlocking it, I would probably still buy four or five of the codexes for the ones I really care about the lore on, but the others, I probably would just go with the digital one. Absolutely. And I think a lot of other players would as well. So I oh, drop ab- this all the yeah. way firm C. And it's, yeah, and it's a much easier way for them to like get rules out quicker because it, we've talked about this, like, you know, the, the Space Marines codex, when it came out, they locked everything out of the app before the book went on sale. They did the same thing with the Necrons. They they took it all off the website and like locked it down. It's like, okay, so now there's a uncranted. It's only a couple of days, but like a couple of days where those rules are just no longer accessible. And then it relies on you being able to physically well, get a book, and which they've been Kevin, having trouble delivering and shipping. I'll, I'll toss this out too. Uh, remember when we did tournaments? It was normally like a two week period when yeah. something drops before you switch the rules over at the tournament. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. you can't use the app for that anymore because the rules switch day of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah and, I, and this is so on my score on this. I was you know you you dropped your score, Dennis, from like an A minus <laughs> to a C. I would drop mine from an A to a solid F, and the reason I'm dropping <laughs> no, the reason I'm dropping to to an F is because I believe it was the Tampa, the US Open Tampa, was the weekend that the Space Marine Codex dropped. And they had to tell people ahead of time, like the week before, like Tuesday, do not update your app. If you have automatic updates on applications on your phone, turn it off. Do not update your app because if you do, you will lose access to your rules for the event. That when they have to say our own app is going to break our own event, if you use it and if you update it the way you would update anything else, you have failed. You have okay, absolutely Rob, failed Rob, digital <laughs> delivery. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give them props and see if you'll move it up to an F plus because at least they realized it and announced it ahead of time to get people prepared. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I will not because they could have they could have withheld it a week. They could have delayed the delivery of the like that app or. Or they could just not lock out a codex designed the app in such a way that you have both versions available. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, there are there are a number of solutions and they chose none of them. (laughs) They chose the the worst one. And what is especially galling about it is the fact that they have an Age of Sigmar app. That has every unit available. I can, I can look up every single unit in Age of Sigmar. I can't get all the army rules unless I buy a codex. Like, I can't get like sub-faction artifact rules. That's fine. I'm fine with that. But if I want to look up what a unit does, yeah, I can do that. Well, I cannot do that on the 40k app for like 
at least four armies now because I haven't bought a physical codex on any of these. I've been using the the digital pre- previews that GW has provided to us. Those don't come with codes, so I can't unlock anything. Yeah. Well, let's let's also be fair and like, well, uh, fair. I'm I'm going to say this in a way that isn't fair, but like the reason why those rules are available for Sigmar is it is just less popular. Like they're able to sell books and get people to drop 60 bucks to unlock the rules for 40k because it's a bigger player base. Like that's it. Like it's it's explicitly because and they can't. That is and the, that's that is the worst reason. That is the worst reason. That is the yeah. absolute worst reason. And what it's even more frustrating. It's like, okay, so you locked in the app. Okay, well, at least I can still download the in- – nope. They pull the index off the yeah. off the download page. So you, if you don't already have it downloaded, it's like yeah. you have no way to reference. It's gone. Nah, it's um, frustrating. It's very frustrating. And to answer, ask the question that Tabletop Time asked, our codex is still relevant. I really – I have to really question whether they are when games workshop is the only company I know of that is hard locking all their rules in in, behind paper books. The, the delivery, the, the current system for codexes is broken. I think the idea of updating stuff periodically through army books could still work doing limited runs of print codexes for people who want them because I will buy the World Leaders Codex. I will buy the Chaos Marines Codex. I will buy the Tau Codex. There are ones that I'm going to buy, even though I haven't played a Tau Army in, shoot, four editions at this point, almost. Um, Like, I will still buy that Codex because I want to see the fluff. I want to have all that. I want to have it just from the collector's perspective. There will always be people who want to buy those books. Oh, yeah. But forcing people to buy the books and... Go through that process when you have a digital delivery option that's there that you could implement and make it easier for everybody. Because if, if for example, all of the rules are available to be delivered digitally day of release and they're out there for everybody, then you don't necessarily have to have that two-week delay. It's like, you know what? We're going to use the new rules. Here's the previews and everything that we've put up. It's live the day of – like, because you know that everyone has it. Like, yeah, it's – yeah. No, I'm changing my score to an F2 because this is this is bad. Like the 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 locking out the app, and we talked about it. That this is a thing we hoped they would they would have a solution for this, and it's it's been bad. That this is yeah. the worst way to do it. Yeah, I I I have to agree with everything you guys have said, and yeah, it is it's an, an F. Yeah, it's it is they. I mean. They took, they've taken the worst possible solution. And even, even like in physical rules delivery, well, we've, we, they will sell you new copies of the data cards for your faction. If Those you data can cards, get them. If you can get them. And they don't include the, the detachment rules. It's just the unit data cards. So you still have to buy a book to access your rules. Like you can't, and you even lose access to, well, this is the detachment that was the free index detachment. It, it like you lose everything and they had the, the ways they have you to access the rules are actively bad. And it really feels like are merely exists this way because it is, it is a consistent way to extract wealth from the player base. And I, I, there's no like, th- 
you can redeem yourself from this by stopping this and doing things a different way. But this is the this is a bad way to do it. And like they, there could have been high, like codexes are fine, but there could have been so many hybrid ways to do this, not tying it to a code or, you know, you could still have the code in there. Hey, you get a free digital copy if you buy the book. That's fine. But give me an option to like either I can pay, you know, 20, 30 bucks to unlock the rules in the app I, or I can have a Warhammer Plus subscription that just like maybe for five dollars more a month, I get access to the the books as they unlock. You know, oh, or, dang, or that'd you know, be awesome. Five, five, ten dollars a month. I'd pay ten dollars a month because that would be the cost of two codexes a year to have access to every every rule. I would do that in a heartbeat. And it's it's not even an option. So yeah, they have absolutely failed the game on rules accessibility. That doesn't really get into gameplay a lot, but it makes it harder for people to play the game. Which then leads leads us to their next topic, which was new player accessibility. Is the game easy to get into for new players? Um, Dennis, I know you've been directly working with new <laughs> players, so I think you are the best to uh, speak on this one. We, by the way, we gave this one pretty much an A average. I gave it a B plus because uh, I didn't like the fact that combat patrols were fixed, like they they were locked into right. one stop one build. But otherwise, we gave it like. Kevin and Richard gave it A's. You gave Dennis. You gave it an A minus. I gave it a B plus. That works out to an A average. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be not as harsh as I think you guys are, but I'm I'm gonna drop it down to a D as one of my lowest ones because. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, new players want to go in, see the rules, find out the factions, and all they have now is, I guess third-party sources of do i look at youtube do i research it here they can't actually go into the app and look at all the factions to see what they do they can mm-hmm. look at the models in combat patrol but they can't see what they do and a lot of players they kind of want to know what something does before they buy it especially if it's like an 80 dollar thing um so yeah if the guys who've gotten into it here have all gotten into it ahead of time or the one that didn't um well he spent a lot of time listening to all of us and us fielding his questions and then he was looking at a lot of the factions that did not have codexes yet he's kind of was looking at orcs he was looking at tau before he settled on tyranids which he could still look at because the tyranids player has the app and can let him see that stuff so the, the accessibility is just not there anymore. And so if you were a new player trying to get in, you either have to, there's no good jumping in point anymore because, because it, it's just, I don't know. If you don't know what you want, you don't know what to get into. And if you don't know what you get into, you're not going to get into the game. I'll say it that way. No, for sure. Like the, you know, we've talked about this before, but like the app is, you know, kind of a loss leader. Like it's a thing that you can make available for cheap or free. And yes, you lose money because you're not selling codexes, but you're going to make more money in the long run because more people are looking at it. More people are deciding to play new armies and build new factions. And it's just, it's going to get more people into the game. It's going to help the, the health of the game long term and 
like, I think the game itself is approachable, but I'm going to point out another issue with Combat Patrol, another thing that I think makes Combat Patrol not a good way for people to get into the game. Did you get into the game with Combat Patrol Necrons before the Codex dropped? Guess what? Your Combat Patrol isn't legal anymore because they changed the Combat Patrol. So now you need to buy a whole new Combat Patrol because the rules for the old one are gone. (laughs) What I'll say there, though, is if you got into the game with the old Combat Patrol, and now you're into the game, you're probably no longer playing Combat Patrol, so it doesn't matter. That's Okay, (laughs) that's fair, but if you have somebody who, like, they they picked up Combat Patrol Necrons, and then they go to a Codex. (laughs) Yeah, waiting for the Codex, and then they... Uh, or, you know, they like, that was the army that looked cool, but maybe they're just, you know, they're slow builders, slow painters. This is, you know, they don't want to get too far in. They're on a limited budget because combat patrols aren't cheap. They're 160 bucks. But, you know, the, the big thing was, well, all the rules for the combat patrol are free at least. Well, then you go to, let's say codex drops, you go to a combat patrol event and then you're told, no, you can't play in the event. Why? Because you don't have the combat patrol. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. This is the combat patrol. Are these two combat patrols balanced against each other? Like, you know, it's like the Mechanicus one has the same problem. And if you didn't buy Leviathan, um, but you bought, like, you had Space Marines or Tyranids, um, those combat patrols are now the Leviathan box contents. For the most part, they're missing a few things, but this is just going to get worse as more codexes swap out and they change up the combat patrols. They didn't need to do that. They did not need to rework the combat patrols to sell model because they're selling. They're doing them to sell models that aren't necessarily selling or maybe aren't (laughs) selling the way they want. Uh, In the case of the Necrons, it was to get it was to repackage the stuff from Indominus. Yeah. Well, it's just it's it's frustrating because, again, like you mentioned, it's not the way they had to do this. They did not have to to do this. You could have left the existing combat patrol stuff up on the website be like yeah this is just online only here's the new one you can't buy these models anymore here's the new one with the new models but there's an old one that you can still play that's still active and still balanced because as balanced as anything is in combat patrol like that's not gonna change i you know drastically so yeah i I don't know it felt it felt weird how they're doing it for sure oh and this okay i to make things more complicated the rules for the Combat Patrol are available for download, let's see, for Mechanicus, it's the old one, which <laughs> does not match the one you can buy. Gosh. Okay. And uh, same for, I'm going to say Necrons are probably, nope, Necrons are the new one. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that's that's just bad. GW, just, just to let you know, there's a little thing called, like, versioning. Where you can, like, have multiple versions of the same thing. You just clearly, like, label them and mark them as different. You could do that with stuff. And keep, like, older versions of things on your website available and active. And just say, like, hey, this isn't, this won't match the models you buy. But here's, yeah. Oh, it's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. It's, they, they, again, they're, they're coming into this. And I will say, there's a lot of games that don't have a good introductory product because like uh during during my downtime from 40k i was looking briefly at like star wars legion a game where up until recently like the models don't really require assembly they're pre-constructed and the newer ones are on sprues but 
was like, there's a core box available that has two factions in it. And I was looking at the, like, okay, so hit, what's the points of what's in that box? And the points that are in that box don't quite reach the lower level of, like, standard gameplay, which is a problem we've seen before with GW stuff, to buy, like, a faction's worth of stuff to get to what I think is a standard game, which is, like, 800 points. Like, there's... It, it's not a small outlay. It's less expensive than getting into what would be like a 2000 point game or a thousand point game, even of, of 40 K, but it's still like, it's, there's not a good new player experience for that game. Um, and there's a lot of games that are like that. Uh, so I think like Marvel crisis protocol probably has one of the better ones because they specifically built that so that if you split that box starter box into like five heroes and five villains, they specifically work together. They are legal. It's a legal list you can use. You could take that to an event and play it. it wouldn't necessarily do great, but it's playable. Like that's what you need to have as a, in a starter product, you need to have a, a way that somebody can actually play and Combat Patrol was kind of positioned to do that, but now they're doing it in a like they're screwing that up too, and that's bad. <laughs> and then adding in the extra barrier of okay, you want to move beyond Combat Patrol? Well, did you want to preview what the rest of your stuff does? No, too bad. Sorry, you can't uh, unless you you know, especially as Codex. This is a problem that will just get worse over time unless they address it soon. So yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say I would, because Combat Patrol is still accessible for the vast majority of factions, I would give it a, like a D. I don't think I would drop it to an F, but I would drop it to a solid D. They're making it, because of the rules accessibility issues, they're actively making it harder for new players to get into the game. And that's bad. All right. Uh, execution of new ideas. How have I things like uh, objective control, Battleshock, leaders and bodyguards worked? Are they working as intended? And I remember, although I don't remember exactly what it was, Kevin, you've listened to the episode recently. There was an extra one I threw in at the last minute that I counted as bad. And I think it may have been the points structure. Yeah, I... I'll be honest, I listened to my parts. I didn't listen to you. <laughs> I was fair. I was, I, was, I was skimming the episode, uh, so I didn't listen to the whole thing. I was mostly trying to just get the scores. Um, yeah, I do remember that, I think, was one of your concerns that you threw under here as well, is like the the issues with points and like the you know things we've talked about a little bit before about not being able to fine-tune or balance things. But like I, for me... You know, the things that I I still think, and I, I think my score is probably about the same. I think it's a solid B. Battleshock is still not as effective or as useful as I want it to be. Like, it still kind Says of feels you. like- you. Oh, my gosh. Well, like, that's the thing. It's like, there are, I think as, I think as Codex has come out, I think there are more things that will toy with it and use it. And I think we'll see it get more important. But I, I don't, I don't know. In the games I've played, and this is, again, purely anecdotally- it doesn't come up as often as I think it should. It doesn't seem as impactful well, as it should be. That's true. I, I still think the worst thing for me on that is Shadows in the Warp, because they can do it in the command phase. Mm-hmm. And if you get battle-shocked in your command phase, suddenly you don't score your objectives. So I think that's where yeah. it's kind of hurt the most. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and I, but I think the things like the changes to Devastating Wounds, I think that... 
I think that's a good idea. Like, I think that I think that works well. I mean, obviously, it maybe it bumps the score down a little bit because their original idea was, you know, didn't had unintended consequences. But I think that they've, you know, the, the things they've changed in this edition, I think, are for the most part work. And I can definitely see how they're going to like how they could be useful and how they could be implemented better going forward and build and build on themselves. So I'm I'm mostly okay with most of their new things. I, I will say okay. Go ahead, Rob. Okay. There you go. Um I would say from what I've seen, um like going through some of these, we've talked about leaders and bodyguards. Uh they you know not equally distributed. I think it needs to be a little bit more if not free form, uh, they need to allow more units to lead like to be led by other you know particular units it, it definitely you know some factions have of an absolute lack of options or not nearly as many options as they should that gets kind of more into a faction balance issue but it's like it's a good idea it's there's still a little bit of clunkiness around it i think there's there's weirdness like units like units only have these abilities if they are leading someone. So like a character unit can lose an ability the minute their bodyguards go away. But that's a minor thing. I think overall it's, it's a good idea. It just needs to be distributed better. Uh, Battle shock. I think they are getting better at using it and they're getting better at figure. I think from what we saw, like the Necron and Mechanicus codexes, they're getting a little bit better at when to apply it and, and how to maximize it. Like especially in the Necron Codex, having the the like the psychomancer who can apply it on any phase is like that can actually be really really good. Um, they still, but they'd still need to kind of work out the the kinks on Battleshock and making it have even more of an impact, so it feels like a much more viable strategy. Um, OC, I think, is fine. I think OC has been one of the clear successes of the of the edition. I think objective control gives them a lot more space to design units and, and do interesting things with them as far as holding yeah, objectives. And, and it's, it's nice. You don't have to compare units. You just see how many models are on there. Cause even yesterday we had a bunch of termagants take a point from a horror specs or whichever the other one. Cause there was, they have their OC was a lot better than one of it. So yeah, I, I really like OC. I will say if there's one, I've mentioned it a bit earlier in the episode. Uh, I think, gutting this i think ditching the psychic phase was a mistake i think it has stripped a lot of flavor away from certain armies because it's just like it's just another gun or it's just another unit ability it doesn't with a few exceptions you don't even have to roll for it so it's just kind of a thing that happens and it's psychic psychic powers are boring like there's nothing to them they're just other (laughs) unit abilities so i don't think that one has panned out and it makes certain armies especially the armies that leaned very hard into their psychic identity feel lacking yeah like and and also like stuff that has anti-psyker like abilities just seems weird like you have to really like pick up on on which things have the psychic keyword because they're just all kind of mixed in and it yeah it it is weird so I guess I don't disagree with that, and I and I think that you're de- you know the psychic powers definitely feel different right now. I wonder we haven't yet seen a like strong psychic army get a codex release. Um, 
So, like, I would, I wonder, like, what I'm looking at here. There's not really any coming up specifically. Nope. I mean, Codex Chaos Space Marines no. is Can't, probably yeah. the strongest, and that's not yeah. saying, or maybe Gene Steeler Colts. That's not really saying much. No, I don't. But, I don't think of either of those as, as psychic yeah. armies. No. Just like I don't. No, think I of don't space either. Marines but like, that's Angels. the best. That's yeah. the best we I, get. <laughs> so I wonder. I wonder what's going to happen when Grey Knights or Thousand Suns get their Codex and. Are there going to be detachments that allow them to lean more into the psychic, you know, the, what would be the psychic phase or psychic powers? I don't know. I, I agree right now. It, it feels very kind of lacking, but I also kind of think back to index eighth edition where it kind of felt the same way. And then as we started getting codexes and getting specific rules for those, it, it got a lot better. So I, I am tempted to withhold judgment on that. Although I, I, Definitely agree with what you guys are saying. Well, I'll toss out two things on the psychic debate here is, is first off, I am okay with the changes as someone who also plays lots of psychic armies. Cause I, I'm going to sound bad or mean here, but I did get tired of people complaining. I don't get anything to do on the psychic face. Well, now neither of us do. So, but that's fair. aren't you happy? <laughs> I, I mean, and it, kind of, and it kind of puts things where they need to be. Is it a psychic shooting attack? Okay, yeah. do, do it in the shooting phase. Is it a buff? Yeah. Okay, do it in the command phase. I mean, they. The only hard part now is, as Richard said, you have to let your opponent know this is psychic, so they can trigger a psychic defense if they have it, because it's yeah. there's not a phase allocated to it, so it's it's more spread out amongst things and so far i've been fine with it because i mean the psychic powers that are out there are still out there they're just in a different phase and they're not called out but if you were i guess on a battlefield you wouldn't st- have everyone stop so i could psychic at you 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 would do it when the shooting happens so yeah <laughs> so i'm no, fine that, with it yeah i think th- i think that basic idea is fine it's i i f- and I think, you know, the, the use of hazardous on some psychic abilities to, you know, represent perils. Kind of mimic. Yeah. Well, yeah. To, you know, perils, but like, it's usually like the, you've got two modes. It's like, it basically psychic powers are like a plasma gun. It's like you can either do it mm-hmm. simply or you can push it and do more damage. Although that tends to lead towards devastating wounds, which that's its, that's its own kettle of fish right now because one of the big defenses against psychic powers was saves against mortal wounds, which isn't a thing anymore because they don't do mortal wounds. They do devastating wounds. Right. So, I think that'll get cleaned up more. As I said, when gray Knights, thousand, the heavier psychic armies yeah. get codexes, they'll probably reword some of those mm-hmm. things. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, alter adeptus custodies because, you know, one of their things, oh, was the Aegis, I'm sure which they gave are. them, you know, saves against mortal wounds because that yeah. was their psychic defense. Right. How is, you know, like, are they going to give them saves against psychic abilities? Probably. Instead? Yeah. Yeah. I so, would hope so. So I think custodes is where we'll start to first because also you'll have like all the, uh, like the Sisters of Silence. So we're going to see how they're going to interact. True. And I hope they so. act better because right now they're not even worth taking, which makes me right. sad. So, so I think that's when we'll first start to see how they're adjusting their philosophy towards psychic powers is in the defense. And then once, once that's in play, and of course, yeah, we on the roadmap, there's nothing remotely what I would consider a major psychic army, which would be Eldari, uh, Thousand Suns, or Grey Knights. Yep you know, on the horizon. So, um, but I think, you know, otherwise I, 
like I think my I I would give it uh I, I think I would raise my score to like a B from a C, but that's because I'm going to shunt over my issues to army building. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of good ideas, but I don't I still don't think they've quite got the execution down and they won't until they roll out more codexes and kind of figure this out. And I guess for, for my rating, I'm actually going to raise it because I saw what you posted now. So I'll go from the A minus to an A because I think that true, some of their ideas have problems, but when an idea has problems, they've been going out and addressing it. Yes, it might not be as fast as some people want, but they're taking the feedback, they're taking the criticism and they're improving. Um, I mean, the, the hard part for us is we have to wait sometimes, but I think they are planning through and executing on how they want this edition to be. And also, as we talked with early on about missions, I think players are now coming to the realization of what GW's vision for missions should be. And so I think that their execution was fine. The players are now just kind of catching up to it. And I think that's true for a lot of the rules that they've got, since I think this is they were literally changing editions, was changing the mindset of how people played in all phases. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm more positive than I think I was on this one, and I'm definitely going to be more positive on this last one, <laughs> faction balance, because we couldn't like. I mean, Richard, you gave it the best score at a D plus. Yeah, no, last I think that was time mine, around, wasn't it? Oh, no, nope, was you Richard, gave it an yeah. F. Yeah, Richard <laughs> gave it a D plus. The rest of us yeah. gave it an F, primarily because Eldari. I think you know yeah. that was that was the huge biggest problem. Oh, I, I've got a meme over here. It says still checking. Eldari's still good. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They're still good. Yeah. They're still good, but can, they're can not have, running away have, with things. Can we have Eldar nerf? We've already had Eldar, Eldar nerf. Yes, sure. But what about one. second Eldar nerf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but let you know. We we talked about the last Meta Watch, which or you know the Meta Watch at the time in August where there were like half the armies were outside of the sweet spot. And yeah. some of those were wildly outside the sweet spot, either very, very good or very, very bad. Votan was very, very bad. Death guard was very, very bad. Uh, Eldar Eldari was very, very good. Custodies and gene stealer cults were very, very good. And that played out at tournament after tournament after tournament. Um, now, if we look at the Meta Watch, this is a Meta Watch from about three weeks ago, which I think is the the most recent, because this was the World Champions one. Um, we are now looking at all but two armies are in the sweet spot, and the ones that are not in the sweet spot are only off by a couple of percentage points. Eldari is still has a 57% win rate, but considering that they used to have like a 70-something percent win rate, that's only a win. 70? I thought it was in the 90s. Oh no! It no, wasn't. It wasn't was, well, in the nineties. Yeah, it was seventy something. But like, that's also like considering like every event they could possibly in in the bigger it, events. It, like they were winning. It, like yeah, ninety percent of the. It the felt like the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I can find the the graph from the. Uh, Okay, August 2023 Meta Watch, the first win rates of the editions. So this came out. So to compare, in uh, 
at when we recorded that episode, the win rates were the following: Eldari sixty-seven percent, Gene Steeler Cult sixty-three, Imperial Knights fifty-seven, Adeptus Custodes fifty-six. Then we get into the sweet spot with Thousand Suns and Chaos Demons, Tyranids, Death Watch, Necrons, Orcs, Chaos Space Marines, Chaos Knights, Space Wolves, Dark Angels, and Black Templars all running between 53 to 45% in a row. Then after that, it was Astra Militarum, Adeptus Astartes, Drukari, Blood Angels, Adeptus Sororitas, World Eaters. These were the ones that were still above 40. Grey Knights and Mechanicus were at 40. Death Guard was at 38. Tau was at 38. Leagues of Votan were at 35%. We're this was number a bad, one. We're this number was a one. bad time to be in the game. It was it was actively bad and this is one of the things that i just burnt out on i was just like no i'm i play tau i don't want to <laughs> i play sisters i was I don't playing voton at the time <laughs> yeah you 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 kept at it stubbornly as a voton should <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's compare those rates keep on grudging <laughs> let's compare those rates today eldari 57 percent Leagues of Votan, 55. Black Templars, 55. Yeah, Chaos Space Votan. Marines, 54. Orcs, 53. Chaos Knights, 52. World Eaters, 51. Tau, 50. Death Guard, 50. Gene Steeler Cults, 50. Space Wolves, 49. Thousand Suns, 49. Adeptus Astartes, 48. Sororitas, 48. Uh, Tyranids, 48. Chaos Demons, 48. Dark Angels, 48. Necrons, 48. Adeptus Mechanicus, 48. That's a lot in the 48 range. Blood Angels at 40, Blood Angels, Grey Knights, and Imperial Knights all at 47, Astro Militarum at 46, Death Watch at 46, Custodes at 45, How the Mighty Have Fallen, and Drukari at 44. And that's, that's the worst one, is Drukari at, Drukari at 44%, 1% outside of the sweet spot. Eldari that's, are 2% above the sweet spot. I mean, that's pretty solid. No, it really is. Um, the, yeah, the, the changes they made, and obviously within, the, within that range, there are some that took huge leaps forward, backwards, et cetera. Uh, Votan and Custodes specifically, like, shot. Swapped places. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, went from the top to the bottom or vice versa. And like, I understand that that can be frustrating if you're a Custodes player or if you're a, a Votan player, you're like really happy now. But, um, I'm really happy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I, but no, I think this is a better spot than we've been in a long time, balance-wise. And even if you look anecdotally at, you know, the weekend results from, like, big events, it's not just, you know, it was Eldar and uh, and Custodes that were winning every single main event, you know, every GT. And now, you know, you're seeing a much wider variety. You're seeing World Leaders pop up. You're seeing Eldar. You're seeing Voton. You're seeing, you know, Gene Steeler Colts. I, it just feels like the game is in a much better place from that balance perspective. So, oh yeah, you look at you look at event scores, and I think part of that goes into the you know part of it is they did do the balance data data slate and the points changes yeah. in September, and also as people have been pivoting and adjusting their mindsets to playing to the missions rather than playing to kill, um, like we have like Sororitas at a 48%, but they won one of the U S opens, didn't they? Yeah. And world eaters yeah, won another Tampa. one. Yeah. Yep. And world, yeah. World eaters won to what Tacoma or I believe that's and correct. I, yeah. And I believe yeah. sisters won a giant GT as well. In yeah. The past like month. Or yeah. No, yeah. I mean, so like there's, so there's been a lot of these like big events. It's not just, you know, that, that's, there's a couple different ways to measure the health of the balance of the game. You know, what factions are winning the most games? What factions are winning the most events? 
what variety are you seeing between faction, you know, between armies of the same faction? Um, and, and I think according to the first two, we're in a much better place right now. You know, we're not just seeing Eldar and custodes run away with everything. You're not, you're seeing good players that play some of these other armies able to navigate their army to, to, you know, GT wins and, and to big, you know, podium finishes, uh, in these big events. So I think we're in a good spot from that perspective. I think where they still, there's still some work to be done is the, uh, internal faction balance. Yeah. There are some units within armies that are just not good and they just don't get played. So. Yeah, that's, in fact, in the most recent Meta Watch, they do say, like, Stu in the studio aim to nudge these factions into the next points, in the next points review and balance data slate. So that's to nudge, basically, Eldari down a little bit, Drukari up a little bit, probably address uh, Deptus Custodes and Imperial Knights, because I think they felt they overcorrected on them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would but then, so. uh but then after that, they're going to focus on internal balance because they said, like, while everybody's pretty much in the Goldilocks zone, most of that is, like, mono build. Like, there's one build that's in the Goldilocks zone. And so that's why, you know, some of these armies are probably not performing. They're performing okay, but not the way Games Workshop really wants them to perform. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because like, that, that's, that's good. Well, Chaos Space Marines is a perfect example of that. Chaos Space Marines is one of the most diverse factions in the game. You know, several different legions, lots of different ways to play, and you tend to see, you know, Dark Commune and some of these, you know, cultist lists. You you tend to see the same units pop up all over the place, and I and I think they want to definitely address that. And the, I'll call out, Rob, you said Tau is using very same. And I'll say Eldar. Eldar top lists look so similar because they always are taking... The Incarn, Wraith, Firefist. I mean, it's very, very similar units that you'll see all across, even though like Eldar have the second biggest line after Space Marines. But yeah, but they should be, there should be a lot more builds. And obviously we'll get some of that as we get new detachment model, you know, as units get codexes or as armies get codexes and we get new detachments and new play styles, we will see more diversity but so far, like even the armies that are performing, like now, granted, at the point that this was, event was played, only Tyranids and Astartes had new codexes and they were at 48%. Like, although it was, you know, it was uh, John Lennon taking Ultramarines to second place and almost pulled out the win. And his list, it actually isn't terribly what I would consider. Well, it's a little spammy. It's heavy on inceptors, heavy on scouts, but it's it's not. Again, it's it's not really a big super killy list, other than it's got a, a brick of centurions with twin last cannons to as anti tank. But as, ever, well, otherwise, it's a, it's a lot of uh, like placement because he's running the vanguard spearhead, yeah. and so he's doing basically like um, raven guard style stuff. It's a it's a well designed list. Rather than just a list of the best units out of mm -hmm. the codex, and and that's awesome. Like that shows that he's a good player. Yeah, which uh, you know then, that's a hot take, I'm sure. But you know that is <laughs> yeah. John <laughs> Lennon's a good player. Who knew? Um, that's like saying you know well, well, and I don't want to say Manny Chima is not a good player. He's also yeah. a very good yeah, player. He's also a very good. But player. you look at, you look at his list three. 
Um, three Mark of Chaos Undivided Chaos Lords that are all Demon Hammer Plasma Pistol. Three Dark Communes. Three units of Slanesh Legionaries. Three Nurgle Rhinos. Three units of Cursed Cultists. Three units of Undivided Chosen. A Forge Fiend and a unit of Nurgling Swarms. It's like, he just basically took what, like, what are the best options? Well, Forge Fiends are very good. Chosen are very good. A Cursed Cultist with the Dark Commune, very, very good. Like, these are, yeah, like, this is, you know, this is basically Chaos Space Marine good stuff right here. Like, that's, that's what that is. But it's like, yeah, you, I mean, he's still a good player and, and can maneuver it because I'm sure a lot of the other players playing Chaos Space Marines were running something not that dissimilar from this. So, yeah, it's like yeah, there's one, sure. one, one build. And of course, there's, there'll be variations on the theme, but yeah, the internal balance, not great. So I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, what we get when we get a Chaos Space Marine codex, which is still going to be a few months away, judging from the roadmap. But, uh, uh it's going to be, be end of sooner spring. than we think, I think. Yeah, but yeah. and it's the last one listed for spring. That's only so. three months away. I I was actually having a conversation with one of the the guys at the friend of the local game store, asking what he thought, like how fast these codex releases are going to come. I have a feeling we're going to get more two, potentially even three codexes released at the same time. Like I, yeah, I my I think we're going to get a couple my, double releases. Yeah, my theory is one January might be empty. And then February might be the double release, and yeah. March have three. That's my prediction. Because yeah. I, because I mean, uh, uh, no inside information at all on this, but just looking at the way that GW has released big games before, we already know the old world is coming. They said at the beginning of the year, so I assume that means January. Well, we know packaging for that has already been leaked. Sure, so. yeah, but like they've they've so actually said that it's coming. You know, beginning of the year. I expect there will be a full month dedicated to that because there was a full month dedicated to 10th. There was a full month dedicated to the last release of Sigmar. There was a full month dedicated to the Horse Heresy. There was supposed to be a full month of releases dedicated to Epic, but it got spread out over time. But, you know, like every time they release a new game system like that, they spend a solid month on those releases, which means that then if you're going to get these in spring, yeah, you're starting to cut down of like you only have a couple months to be able to get stuff out. So I, I, I would suspect some of these are going to be double releases. And my take on it's how they were presented in the, the graphic. Because mm-hmm. the graphic has got Dark Angels and Orcs. I could up. see Dark Angels and Orcs together or maybe like a week apart, like two weeks apart, maybe in February. Yeah. My guess is that we're going to see... One a week. Um, and- Dark Angels and Orcs in February, and then I would think Custodes in March, uh, Tau in April, and Chaos, Chaos Space Marines in May. Oh, you're spreading out more than me. <laughs> yeah. Well, the big thing for me is like looking at these armies. Like we know that Dark Angels are getting some new models and new units, but I don't know. Like, I've, and they've said that every faction's getting new models, but like. I don't know for orcs, custodes, and even Tau. Like, if it's gonna be, it's probably gonna be like, here's an, uh, here's a new character model, here's a new unit. But like, I don't expect things will be, you know, here's a big range refresh, here's five, six new kits. So I think yeah. those become easier to double release if you're not really, you know, like look at what Mechanicus. Like they got what one new model in the, you know, Two in units? their release. 
They well, two sure. Units. But like, but one new, one new <laughs> kit. So it's easy to be like, here's a new kit. Here's the book. It's released the same day as the Necrons. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think a couple of these are going to be doubled up because they're still within this window. You, you know, all the, the, all of the old world stuff. There's going to be Sigmar stuff. There's, we know there's more, uh, kill team stuff coming out. There's, you know, cause they try to do this every quarter. Um, There'll be more Her- Horus Heresy stuff coming out, so I don't know. Like it, the release schedule does get seem to get pretty crowded pretty quickly. Although I will retake one of mine is I thought it was like thinking like first quarter, second quarter, but no. Looking at it again, it says definitely spring and summer. Yeah. Yeah. So in my mind, spring might not be till March. So it might be March yeah. for yeah. when this starts. March, April, May, those three months for those five codexes. Yeah. But I do still think they're going to... I think a couple of things are going to be dual releases. Like, I absolutely see the Dark Angels and Orcs being a dual release. Yeah. And also, like, supposedly there's going to be new... You know, because, like, the first uh, Crusade book was, like, Tyrannic, the fourth Tyrannic War. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be getting a new one that I believe was supposed to be set in the, uh, like, the Pariah Nexus with the yes. Necrons and Admech. Uh, that hasn't shown up on the schedule yet. But that was supposed to be coming. Yeah, they've said because they announced that at the at the the narrative. I think they said Q. They said Q one. So okay. they said it would be like beginning of the year. So I so that might be a release they could do in January, February while they're doing the old world stuff to be like, mm-hmm. hey, we haven't forgot about forty k. Here's a you know here's a here's a new 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 thing. And then obviously the at the same time they release that they'll release the. Uh, I assume the Pariah Nexus season of competitive 40k with the updated missions and cards and all that stuff. Yeah, and I will say from what we heard at Grand Narrative, I'm looking forward to that Crusade book because it will have Crusade rules for all factions. So that'll kind of what you were saying, Kevin, get all factions kind of on the same page again. So the good thing there is that then now all of our the Crusade rules will be spread across a number of books. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just there's yeah. no it's there's no there's no good way to do it as long as you're still relying on physical releases like which gets back to the whole maybe codexes and physical releases are outmoded, but separate conversation uh, as far as getting this back to what we were actually talking about as far as faction balance. <laughs> I would put this as like BB plus at this point, because I do think mm, that we're yeah. in a good spot faction balance wise. I don't. I never once felt in any of the games like I played at the Grand Narrative or any of the games I played recently that I just had a matchup that I could not win. There were games where I absolutely got smoked, but it was my own damn fault. <laughs> That's and I'll I'll go a little ahead of Kevin. I'm putting it up to an A minus because as Rob pointed out, only two factions are outside of the magic range. And every game I've played the past couple months since the latest Ballast patch- patches have felt balance they felt fun um even at the grand narrative i mean i had one that i thought might have been rough when i was fighting two titans um but i pulled that one out so i i had a chance there too so yeah i, th- I guess the reason it- why i will go be like why i go like b plus or a little bit lower is just because of the internal balance issues as as mentioned multiple <sighs> times i played yeah. a number of space marine armies that were functionally the same right so- and I don't think that's faction balance, but you said internal faction, yeah. which, yeah, 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 that's, 
I, well, and one thing we did say, like one of the notes on here is like our ba- armies balanced against one another as well as within codexes was so. So with well, internal balance, okay. internal, internal bal- might drop it back to a B plus then because yeah. a lot of codexes or indexes, I'll say. There's one build, really, and it makes mm-hmm. me sad. I'm still sad my aspect warriors aren't really being used in Eldar. I, yeah, I think I think I w- I could probably see my way to giving it a B plus from just everything I've I've seen from the tournament results from people I've talked to that the balance is is there. I and I I will admit, like when they drop when they did the big balance shift. I stated that I didn't think I thought points changes were a very crude way to apply it with a few codex changes that, uh, I, you know, I don't, you know, at the time I was like, is this going to be enough? Is like, obviously the Votan one was exactly what they needed. Yeah. Um, the and death guard one. worked. Helped. Yeah. The death guard one worked very, very well for them. Um, but a lot of the uh, like gene stealer cults got toned down to where they needed to be. Uh, Eldari mostly got hit by core rules changes. It wasn't really a faction change to them. Custodes got hit way too hard uh, by their changes, and I think Imperial Knights also got hit a bit too hard in combination with some of the other changes. But but mostly this was done with points, and while I still think that there could be a bit more fine tuning. I can't argue with the results. They managed to to pull this game back from the brink of effectively oh, being was horrible. Unplay- <laughs> un- unplayable in a, any fun way to being pretty successful. So uh so so while they have completely hit the bed on rules accessibility, they pulled it off with faction balance. So I mean we it, can't have this is why we can't have perfectly nice things. We yeah, gotta trade something sounds for like the other. They they used a respect charm or something and respect all the stuff from one's <laughs> yeah. input to the other. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So so the game, I'd say overall the score stat. <laughs> you gotta have a dump stat. <laughs> 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 Turns out it was rules accessibility, uh, but that's okay because that's the one that makes the money. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So, is the game in a better spot than it was? Absolutely. Is it where it needs to be? Gameplay, no. yes. R- rules accessibility, absolutely not. But Because, uh, I mean, if you don't get new people in and grow your game, your game will eventually die. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, just ask historical wargamers. The, the average age of historical wargamers is not going down. <laughs> It, the graying of the hobby is is a legit thing, and if you can't get new players in, if you if you put active roadblocks to to new players getting in, they will find something else. So just just you know, and it also doesn't help that like a lot of the things like there was there was probably a lot of hope being put onto, and this is I guess we'll get into the second half, but like Space Marine Two was going to bring in fresh people. Nope, not for a while. So. Uh, that's not There's a bad that. thing. No, it, I would if it makes it, if it ends game. up being a good. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I'd rather than put out a good. Uh, please don't cyberpunk this. You know, although <laughs> I mean, to please, be fair, cyberpunk <laughs> is now a very very good game. It just took them three years. <laughs> so, yeah, 
So anyway, I'd say that yeah. So the so our question is: Is tenth edition a good 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 again or finally good? Yes, yeah. with an asterisk, but yes, it, it's at <laughs> it's at a place where I feel like I could go back and start playing and not feel terrible about it. So that's for me. That's good. That's kind of kind of where I hope to hope it is. Let us know if uh, you know in, uh, when we post this onto our various social medias. You know, let us know what you think. Like, is the game in a good place? Uh, but we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. Uh, we're going to, you know, take a break for sponsor identification. And also, if you want to help support the show, I haven't done a, a Patreon plug for a bit, but if you want to help support the show and keep us going, uh, because uh, your donations do help us out quite a bit, you can go to patreon.com slash preferred enemies and support the show. Um, and it's basically an online tip jar. We don't lock any of our episodes behind a paywall. If you want to listen for free, that's totally fine. But if you if you have have the means and and want to help support, uh, even just a dollar a month, enough people put in a dollar, it helps, it adds up, and it pays for our hosting, it pays for our recording service, it helps keep our microphones working when they break down, um, which they yeah you know, everything breaks down. Entropy is a thing. Praise Nurgle. It does, you know, it, it does really help us out. We really do appreciate all the support. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to put myself on record. By the middle of January, I want to have a Discord set up for Patreon subscribers. I want to have a place online for people for people to hang out and chat, especially like as Crusade becomes more of a thing. It's easier to plot out narrative events when you have a space to do that with like-minded players. Um, it's easier to find like-minded players when you have a single place to connect. So we are going to have a Discord for our Patreon supporters. So uh, we would like if you are if that is something you are interested in, like I said. It's just going to be for a paid level. So if a dollar a month will get you into the pay, into the Discord. So uh, by January 15th, we are going to have a Discord available for our Patreon subscribers. And we want to thank you very much for continuing to support us. Uh, but anyway, as I said, we're going to take a quick break uh, for sponsor identification. And when we come back, we'll be talking about our predictions and our wish lists for 2024. See you in a bit. Miniatures. We build them, we paint them, we love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Kara Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors, that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the Autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the battle mats from GameMat. They're professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, 
There's a game mat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding Gboard portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve. And we're back. That means it's time for part two of our show, which is uh, our predictions for the coming year and our, our wish list, the things we would like to see for the coming year. And actually, we're going to start with something that is technically going to be the end of this year, and that is the miniature of the year vote. Uh, that is uh, that voting Rangabu? opened up. Um, it is uh, it is done by the time you hear this. The voting ends on Tuesday the 19th. So it is the 17th right now as of time of recording. So there will be two more days, but by the time you hear this, it'll be too late and we'll know who the winner is most likely. Um, to give you a, a retrospective of past winners, um, 2016 was Magnus the Red. 2017 was Mortarian. 2018 is the Noise Marine. 2019 was Abaddon <laughs> the Despoiler. 2020 was Gazgol Thraka. 2021 was Bellacor the Dark Master. And 2022 was the Avatar of Cain. All of those are fantastic models with, I would say, the Noise Marine being this weird outlier <laughs> who I think made it on the insane paint job. Rather than oh, just like the scale of the model, because all the, otherwise all these are like big centerpiece characters. The, uh, well, hey, I'll think that Noise Marine's a centerpiece character too. <laughs> but it also, to me, what, was it only Gazgul and the Avatar were the only non-chaos ones? Yep. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, chaos is cool models. Yeah. Now they did throw out like here are some of the the big releases for. Each month, um, like January, like we had some Age of Sigmar, like chaos models in January, because I think that was when the new Slaves Darkness box hit. And I say new, it's a year old at this point. <laughs> um, Angron in February, uh, we had a, uh, uh, an Arcanaut, uh, like lawgiver in March. We had the Lion in April. Um, the new, uh, Seraphon stuff dropped in May. Uh, June obviously had the Leviathan box. July had, uh, Farsight. August. And I think July had a Farsight released as a separate model. He had been out right. for a while before then. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, August had the uh, the plastic Serastus knights, like the Knight Lancer. September had that awesome like Troll King model from Age of Sigmar. Uh, October saw the uh, the Cities of Sigmar line and several models there. We had November, which uh, in brought us the like the new Necron characters, and then December. The only model they have <laughs> the model they have shown there is one of the uh, Christmas squigs. <laughs> I mean, which are also Gabu, pretty cool. right? Yeah, the Grotmus gets. Yeah, <laughs> the Red Gabagoo. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I don't. I, I do enjoy the Christmas, the Christmas orc stuff. But yeah, yeah, they always have fun with that. And, and yeah, it, there was the the list. I always forget when, how big the list is for yeah. for this because, like, it's 
everything they've released, including like pieces of terrain. Like, did you really yeah. like the Middle Earth uh, Gondor ruin set? <laughs> hey, you know, you can vote for that. I mean, that, that limited commissar. Cool- yeah, I mean, it, I mean, they have everything. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there was a lot of really good models. Like, I will say this: like every year, like they release much more like you know hits than misses. Like, I don't. I don't know. I don't rem- really remember any like just bad models this year. <laughs> no, no. They, it's been pretty solid all all year long. I mean, even like the new Astra Militarum stuff at the beginning of the year was mm-hmm. really, really solid. The obviously the World Eaters release was really, really good. Um, like all the like the new Berserkers, the eight bound, like those all fantastic. Obviously, Angron, you know, big centerpiece model. They they do have like the special Adepticon or Black Library models listed, and those are always really nice. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's you know there's a few like I said there's some terrain pieces that are maybe less interesting. Like I don't think the uh, Warcry Crypt of Blood box set terrain <laughs> should sure. really be in the running, but it is something they released. So yeah, right. they put everything out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're not listing there, yeah. things for the running. They're just listing everything I, they released in a year, which that's an impressive list. Yeah, I will say this though on the on the terrain piece though, like the the Middle Earth terrain piece. It's actually a really cool terrain set. It's really nice. It, I mean, it, it's like film accurate. It looks it's really not, good. It's not getting my vote, but it's still very nice. It's a good okay. terrain piece. Uh, I am going to put uh, – there's a couple here that I don't think should be on here, and that is the clear plastic Middle Earth Warriors of the Dead and King of the Dead, because those are just recasts of older models. Like, they're not even new models. So, I'm mean, like, those probably shouldn't be on there. But otherwise, like, everything else in here is – like, there's some really solid choices, you know. So, do we want to open up on what we voted for and why? Sure. <laughs> Kevin? Uh, yeah, voting, we'll is a, Kevin. voting is a very sacred uh, individual experience, and I don't feel comfortable expressing it. Angron, of course it was Angron. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I I just, basically, it involved me clicking the link, doing Control-F, Angron, and voting, and being done. <laughs> I, it wasn't, like, there were a number of really great models, like Vashtor, Farsight, stuff like that. But no, Angron, of course it was Angron. <laughs> <laughs> it was never going to be anything but Angron. <laughs> All right, Dennis. Well, I actually went through and looked at the entire list. It took a while. Believe me. Um, big list. It's a big list. <laughs> but, and I'll, I'll derail us for here for a minute. I, I went with the lion. And there was one reason I went with the lion. He is the model that started me to buy all of these dark angels. So if it weren't for him, well, I'd probably have other space marines for those like box sets I won in, in a raffle. Um, I find a use, they'd probably end up have been space wolves. But since I had the lion, now they're all dark angels. So that also got me thinking of like in the past, I've had models that did inspire me for different things. Like I'm going to go back to my college days, Rob. Jane's are the Banshees. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to do Eldar because mostly of them. And then space Marines, even to this day, do you guys know what my favorite space Marine model is? Ragnar? No. <laughs> The lion? No, he's not my favorite. Uh, okay. 
Terminator with a Cyclone missile launcher. Yeah, really. I, ba- back in the day Solid. when we first got, it it's was a classic. It, that's why, because it was uh, Space Marines and Orcs were your two armies, because that's what the box set had, mm-hmm. and. I had a bunch of orcs. I didn't really like them. So I was trying out my space Marines. And well, the guy who was teaching Rob and I how to play kept on saying I was out of codex compliance. Cause I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't understand. I just didn't care. Um, <laughs> I had one squad of space Marines that I primed purple and I called them my Viking squad. I had a squad that I primed gold. They were my Niner squad. <laughs> My my terminators were black and gold or black and yellow, and that was my steel terminators. <laughs> and my the one character I had, he wasn't actually a character figure, but it was a space marine with a beak helmet, and it was unique. So I made him my commander and painted him with a like red helmet, white thing, and he was Commander Marty. If I'm <laughs> I'm showing my age there, um, so yes, I had my NFL themed. <laughs> Space Marine chapter, which every squad was a different color because they represented a different team. But the model I'd always loved, and I, when I finally got a hold of, I was the Cyclone Missile Launcher because it, it was like big yeah. and pose. I mean, if you look at the model now, he is smaller than a Space Marine, but yeah. <laughs> at the time, it was like he was big, imposing, and with that extra missile launcher on the back. I, I just loved him. So those would probably be the ones that got me. Just wow! I love the look of that model. I I, I got to play with it. Yeah. So, do you guys have anything else that inspires you like that? When I uh, when I first started, I was trying to pick between um, Tau and Tyranids. Were kind of the the two models or the two lines that I was kind of most interested in, and I ended up going with Tau because I like the look of the tanks. You know, I like the clean lines and like the curves and stuff of you know the. Um, the piranha, you know, and the, the, you know, the devil fish and some of those, you know, the, that, dip, that aesthetic with their, uh, with their vehicles. Um, and then obviously like crisis suits and stuff like that. But right, really it was just kind of the, the, you know, the vehicle design that, that made me pick that over like what I really liked with the Tyranids was like the Carnifex, you know, and like things big, you know, gribbly monsters and stuff like that. And I'm just like, eh, you know, I've, I would rather go with the the tank over the you know organic tank, but <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I started. That's why I picked Tau to start with. Yeah, I would say it was probably the the overall look of the Tau models when I first got into the game. The game again after college. <laughs> college, I was it was just like well, Space Marines because that was easy to get a hold of. Like that, it yes. wasn't really that I was you know like into Space Marines, but it was. But I was a big old wee because I was going to make the the Rising Suns chapter of Space Marines, which looking back would have been a perfectly fine successor chapter to the White Scars. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I I ended up going with with Tau because I really liked the aesthetic and it was it was something that felt very different than the rest of 40k. Um, so yeah. I I don't know if I've had any other than that. I don't. Like, usually if I pick up a faction, like, I'm trying to think about, like, I picked up, I ended up picking up Sisters because I got a really good deal on Sisters. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I, I picked up, 
I can't remember why I got into Chaos Space Marines specifically. Well, it's because th- you got a deal on uh, uh, on a bunch of berserkers from someone else, and then eventually flip <laughs> them to me. Yeah. Which is how I got into Chaos Space Marines. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, like, what I, and why, because and, and at the time, Death Guard wasn't a separate army, so I didn't, yet, right. you know, but I was building Plague Marines yep. to go along with them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything that's, like, gra- like grabbed me aesthetically that strongly that has, has made me like, that's the army. Like, there's been a couple where I'm like, that is not the army I want to play. <laughs> but. What? Cowells? But. <laughs> as an example just yeah hypothetically <laughs> well you, you 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 absolutely do not like the the cow helmets i do not like the cow helmets i love high elves because that's my old that's my old fantasy army but i just that's not it <laughs> they can't can't do it it's just that's not it that it's not that <laughs> but now there i will say um, there's been some models where it's like on Age of, the Age of Sigmar side where I've started working on it, like usually because mm-hmm. I had something from like Warhammer Underworlds <laughs> and I've been like with vampire accounts, like I painted up the, uh, the Crimson Court, which is a yeah. Underworlds team with vampires and I was painting those up. I'm like, I kind of dig this. How much would it cost to get into a Soulblight Grave, <laughs> Grave Lord's army? <laughs> Turns out it's doable. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I have other Age of Sigma armies I haven't even uh, played yet. I will I kinda toss wanna. this out there. Underworlds has been a great way to dabble in the factions for yeah. uh, mm-hmm. um, Sigmar. Yeah, agreed. For for me, I think, uh, well, I mean, I remember the, the model that got me into 40k in the first place was the, the uh, orc big mech with the shock attack gun. Ah, I love that. Wow, that's my favorite orc model. Right. So, like, yeah, that, that, like, not just the way it, like, even looked, but, like, the way Tim described how it worked. (laughs) Yeah. And was like, oh, that's, that's goofy as shit. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> Which is weird because I don't normally I don't normally associate you with going for the weird gimmicky like chaotic uh, <laughs> play aspect of things. <laughs> no, not like at all. Sarcasm detector is tripping ba- massively. <laughs> uh, well, then so, I'll, I'll yeah. say this. Based on that, if if there's another model like I think the big mech has been revised are there other models that need to be revised that we would love to see oh uh, there's 100 qu- there's quite a few we'll get to that when we get to, okay. to like some predictions and wish listing <laughs> but we will get to that so but anyway short form is you voted for the lion because it inspired you to make a whole new army yes yes, yes. i i voted for the lion uh just because i kind of i mean i i i think He's just kind of cooler looking than than Angron, but See, like take that's that, just just my <laughs> my personal opinion. But I I kind of still think Angron's gonna win because the lion's yeah. cooler than Angron. I mean, <laughs> you guys are entitled to your wrong opinions. It's fine, <laughs> right? Actually, when I when I, I I voted it while I was on my phone at work, and then when I got home with a different email, I I voted a second time. Ooh. Oh my god, you're ballot stuffing. <laughs> yes. And did, I, you vote for, I vote- did you vote for the line or did you vote for Angron the second time? 
I, I voted for uh, Zagrod Anvil Smasher. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. I can't. I can't argue with that. That's fine. <laughs> Clonk's pretty great. Yep. Yeah. Um, as, as for me, I voted for Angron, not because of any perceived loyalty to the World Eaters, not a fan, but because I would feel really bad if two of the Demon Primarchs had made it and the third one didn't. Like, hey, it's more fitting had- if he doesn't, because he can get angry about it. <laughs> he would get angry if he won. Angron would get angry at everything. <laughs> Angron just wants to be left alone. He also wants to destroy everything. These two things do not work together. So if he wants to be left alone, he doesn't want your vote. <laughs> He's getting it anyway. This also will make him angry. This will, yes, this will also make him angry. It's fine. <laughs> I would also like to point out that the the Fulgrim Transfigured, because it's a Forge World model, is not on this list. And screw that model, it's for the wrong game. It's a beautiful yeah. model, and I hate that it exists. I mean, if, I'm, if Fulgrim it, had been on there, that absolutely would have been the winner. In, in retrospect, I'm actually happy that's not a 40k model, just because seeing it, uh, no, I would hate to try and transport that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm hoping when Emperor's Children gets a codex, the Fulgrim model is not as, I don't say flimsy looking, because that's not the right words, because the model's amazing, but it's... More transportable, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say it that way. <laughs> I yeah. think you guys know well, what I mean there. It'll be plastic, which means it'll be easier to like magnetize and like not and and store from that perspective. So yeah. Yeah, it it'll it'll definitely be it won't be so tall for one thing. Because that right. one wing that stretches out oh, to the same oh height gosh, as the rest yeah. of the model. Um yeah, no, transporting that thing, you know my my kid was talking about like she had heard this uh, somebody who had had a tank in their basement, like a, a, a you know an actual like tank vehicle tank in their basement. She's like, "How did they get that in there?" And I'm like, "Well, they probably brought it down piecemeal and constructed it, you know, built yep. it in the basement as like a display piece." And I think with with Fulgrim, that's you know, I mentioned this before. I think that's what happens is you go to the place where you're going to use him, you build him there, and then you leave him because you cannot transport him without shattering. <laughs> And then you go and buy another one for the next event. Oh, no, no, man, no. <laughs> I mean, look, it's only $270 a kit. Like, it's fine. That's that's totally worth for a one-off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it, it, I think this is, like, it's a display model. Like, I would never want to, like, actually try mm. to use that on the table. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a good model, though. And it yeah. absolutely would have gotten my vote if it was eligible, so... Which would also be a demon primarch. So at least a demon primarch would have won. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm yeah, so we need I, more non chaos to win. No. <laughs> they they think it's disagree. like they have to they have to put out more non chaos models for forty K that are just that big, awesome centerpiece model. They've yeah. had them. Like the Avatar last year winning absolutely True. deserved it. That is a fantastic Gasgold model. Definitely did too. Yes. Yeah. For sure. But we haven't had any other than the Leviathan stuff, which is good, like, well, like the, I, it still doesn't quite hit that centerpiece feeling yet. The 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 Norn emissary, like if that had been <clears throat> Wraith Knight size instead of Wraith Lord size, as they tried to like sneakily <laughs> convince everybody, um, if that had been like a gigantic plastic centerpiece Tyranid model, I think that absolutely like would have would have been in the running. But mm. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't it's just, don't not, disagree. just not quite. It just wasn't quite there. Yeah, it. Yeah, it, I mean, it is still a, a a pretty cool model, but like, yeah, it just the the size of it. It, it just. I, I think there was part of that is like kind of the expectation that it would be bigger. Yeah, you know, takes away from like. How's like still cool of a model it is. It's a neat looking model, but yeah, it it just it needed to be bigger. It needed to be, and it's it's got a couple of bits that are a little bit uh, slightly goofy, but only a little bit. But yeah, if it had been bigger, I think it could have pulled off that look more. They, they need something at night scale, and they just don't have it. Yeah. So so we are split two and two for for the lion and Angron, which seems so it's thematically up to appropriate. To decide <laughs> <laughs> who will win that duel. Uh, I'm. I, I thought they win in the fiction I, and the lion one, right? The lion did win in the fiction. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it seemed like it was a draw. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I will say, either of those wins, they're both fantastic. Yeah, absolutely yeah, fantastic sure. miniatures. So, like, I wouldn't feel bad for. I'd feel a little bit bad, like I said, because I'm go. <laughs> I'm going for the 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 demon tr- the demon Primark hat trick. But it's you know, if it doesn't happen, you know, at least the loss to a good model. Yeah, yeah and the sure. line has to have something else to be one up on the goalie men by. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's tr- that's fair. I didn't even think about that. That's fair. <laughs> now, I, I, the one thing I'll say about the lion and like. I love the model. I think it's good, but I I think I prefer the the Forge World 30k model more than I do the the 40k Lion. And like I don't, I prefer the 40k Gillingman over the 30k one. So I don't know whether that matters or not. But yeah, it would be it would absolutely be a, a good model if it did win. But it won't. <laughs> All right, so let's. That was our prediction for the end of the year. Who's going to win that? And right now we're split. So who knows? But we also have a roadmap for the first half of the year, and then beyond is a mystery. Um, but we do we do have a couple of clues. But uh, so let's kind of look at uh, starting with spring twenty twenty four. We've got Codex Supplement Dark Angels, and we know a few of the models that are going to be in that. We have like the new or be, the be released alongside it. Like we've got the new uh, Deathwing Knight set, which looks really sharp. I only have one complaint, and that's that it's coming out, and my other guys are going to be. Tiny compared to them. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 scale, the scale changes always feel weird when they do that. Um, and a uh, new, what, uh, is it Day? Yes. Yeah, the new Day looks looks pretty awesome. So much smoke. I don't I don't know how much I like the plastic sculpted smoke, but... You it, can turn that off. Or no, oh, is it... Really? It is, oh. yeah. It's a it's a specific piece. They did mention that. Yes. Oh, that's there, nice. That's good. There's lots of options, so you can build him. I think with helmet, without with smoke, without. And I, I like the fact that they give you yep. the options, so you can like if you don't like the smoke, don't have it. <laughs> yep. Okay. Cool. Um, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do with like Raven Wing, especially the Raven Wing. Like Death Wing, I think we're good on. There's plenty of Terminator oh, options, yeah. but yeah. Raven Wing, I'm concerned about because so much of that got retired. 
I mean, yeah. I'm my wish or thoughts for that is I definitely want a Samael, a bike squad, and yeah. I'll say a heavy bike squad. Because I know mm-hmm. they've got the ATV, and they're leaning towards more of just those, but I would like at least one or two specific Ravenwing Ooh. bike stuff. I've I've heard no rumors of this, so I have no idea if this will happen or not. I'm going to guess probably not, but... Would you be would you be okay with them doing like a bike unit and like a jet bike unit? Because I, I think mean, like Space Marine jet bikes would be cool and like I, limiting I, them I to will, Raven Guard. If yeah, if and if that's what Samuel not Raven leads, Guard, uh, Raven Wing, Raven, Raven Wing. Wing. Sorry, yeah, Raven <laughs> Wing. nope, nope, I, just the Raven Guard. Screw everyone else. No, I would actually <laughs> like that for and, and this is like a whole 180 for my stance before because I remember back in the day when I was playing Eldar almost exclusively. I would go out of my way to um, shoot down and destroy Samuel because he had a jet bike. And I'm like, no, only Eldar get jet bikes. But the fact that they're kind of into the lore. And now we're Samuel, just lousy with jet bikes. <laughs> yeah. And now that Samuel has, or he's always had a jet bike. Why don't have them have yeah one unit of yeah. jet bikes would be darn cool. And that would definitely yeah. differentiate them from anybody else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they're also they're gonna need Ravenwing characters too, because right now the only one they have Samuel. is the <laughs> no well, the only plastic one they've got, like, oh. is the chaplain on bike. Like yeah. that's it. Oh gosh. Um, we don't <laughs> yeah. have a com- like even white scars don't have access to a commander, like you know, captain on oh, a bike. Yes. They, yeah, they need a captain yeah. we need a captain on a bike kit. Um they by getting rid of the old land speeders, they lost the talon master because that he was in a in a classic yeah. land speeder, so he's gone. So they need a they need a new land speeder character, or they need they need new characters. They absolutely need a new Samael. If they if they legends yeah. him out, that's just gonna be sad. Oh, that would be very sad. Yeah. So yeah, so gigantic new Samael like on a bike as a cool centerpiece model is like the first like wish list for like a new model. <laughs> yeah, no, they Dark Angels the the Ravenwing side like everything else is fine, but the Ravenwing side need it'll need a refresh considering what they did with the Space Marine Codex. And as far as detachments, I they are going to absolutely need to have a Deathwing detachment, a Ravenwing detachment. Um, we had somebody, uh, ask for, cause when I put out the call for, for things they'd like to see, uh, Dark Angels getting a Risen unit option. Oh, that would be nice. Especially since, we, I, I mean, the, that's the lore now is, is he's coming in and, and or the lion is coming in and I guess forgiving people. And I guess calling them Risen is better than calling them forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he calls them in in the uh, Arcs of Owen books. Like, you are my right. risen. You, you were fallen, now you are risen. Yeah, and that would just be perfect. Because that's truthfully the style of Dark Angels I'm trying to build is on that theme of the lion's back. Here's the guys who are hanging out with him. So I, I would be all over that. Yeah. Now, now I want to do a uh, Dark Angels army and, like, call them the Rizza. But anyway, anyway, that's... <laughs> They got the Riz. <laughs> they got the, you know, this is the Riz. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Our next next book would be Codex Orcs. Uh, Richard, how are Orcs doing? Like model line wise, like if you had to guess what what Orcs are gonna get or what they need, like the, I think the the oldest. 
uh, models kits that they have are like Ludas and tank busters. Mm. They, they haven't had a, an update for those. Um, and I would like with the, with that, uh, black library model that they just recently, you know, revealed, uh, he's got that big hammer that could lead me to believe that maybe they'll get tank busters. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Cause tank busters are still a fine cast model. <laughs> um, and I could see if they don't get that, I could also see them getting the, uh, and he, he, his name escapes me. The, the, the storm boy, like named character. Oh, the, the, the vulture oh, commander. Yeah. That uh, he is also like still fine cast, um, uh, or Bog? Uh, is it? Z- no, it's not. Is it not Zagstruck? Is it? No, Zagstruck's. I think Commando. <laughs> no, it is Zagstruck. Yeah. Okay. He yeah, just had the weird hat. Yeah, boss. Boss Zagstruck. He's still fine cast. Um. The. Ludas and Burna Boys, they were, they were a combo kit. Mm. Um, uh, they, they're a, a pretty old pla- plastic kit. I could see them possibly getting an update. Um, Captain Badruck is still fine cast. He would make a really cool glow up. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's the- really, interesting that you say all that because it sounds like you're leaning and i'm kind of agree with it'd be nice to get the fine cast models all in plastic now but recently when i think of orcs they've always been recently focused on squiggas or not squiggas but the squig riders and all of that so it feels like this would be kind of taking them back to their roots well, that was yeah. kind of my my thought is like, wh- is there any stuff for like the beast snagas that they could fill out? You know, any 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 more units to fill out that side of it as well. And I don't know that there necessarily are, but and I I would much rather prefer them go back and get rid of the older units and update them. But yeah, yeah, uh. the, the like the beast snagas actually have pretty good balance, I think for for like what they have available to them. Like, functional-wise, aside from, like, they don't have, like, a... Like, if they were going to get, like, a brand new unit, like, something that would be, like, a lots-of-shots kind of, you know, not really long-range, per se, because orcs don't typically have like super long range shooting, but like that kind of unit that like, you know, just sits there and shoots a lot. Yeah. Like the flash gets or the Ludas. Um, like, like I could see them getting a, a unit like that maybe. Cause that's functionally one thing within the game that they don't have. 
Yeah, and, and looking at the the Warhammer site, which ooh, that's something we can talk about. I would I, my wish list is to make this site not so bad. Um, <laughs> Give it a couple more uh, years. A lot of the care. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised by how many of the characters are just gone because they've been retired. Like they're just not even listed under the like shopping by orc faction. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, it's like, like I was the, like Zagstruck. I can't find Zagstruck. Oh, that's because they don't sell them anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, Weird Boy is is also fine cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, new Weird Boy model would be cool. Yeah, um, but again, they kind of have that equivalent where they have the Whirlboy for the Beast Nagas in plastic. So, mm-hmm. but you have to buy an entire kill rig to get him. <laughs> Because yeah. isn't he like? Because like well, you can't buy him separately, can you? Because like there's the kill rig, which also makes the hunter rig, and I think it's the kill rig that has the the war boy on it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a model on the kill rig, so you have to drop 140 bucks to get him. And yeah, true. So, but it, yeah, but like then there's, you know, uh. What are some of those older characters that have been retired? Because there was old Zogwart, which was the named Weird Boy. Yeah. Um, there was Wazdaka Gutsmek, the 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 biker. Like they could make a really cool, you know, war biker named Boss. Uh, yeah, because they don't have a they don't have a bite like they well they've got like the tr- the guy on a trike. Yeah, but I don't know if he can can he join units? Does he have a, is he a leader though? Well, and the orc bike model is pretty old in and of itself, so like refreshing that wouldn't be terrible either. So definitely a lot of especially a lot of characters and a few units that could use a, a, a glow up and a move out of out of fine cast to plastic. Right. Um, actually, no. The 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 war trike can lead war bikers. Okay. Oh, nice. Well, good. Okay. So, so they at that's, least had that's so. good. Um, but like, yeah, I it I think the the thing that I kind of want the most, I think would would be tank busters. And then for I could detachments, definitely. what would we see? Because in my mind, you definitely need a bike or a cult of speed detachment. Yeah. Probably a snag snagaboy detachment. Yeah, definitely need that. And you would. I would love to see a weird boy, a detachment that focuses on the psychers. Maybe makes the waz crazier or just something. Have a very orky detachment in my mind. Yeah, can't like one that that uh, focuses on like the the death dreads and. Uh, the the walkers, Morkinot, Morkinot, yeah, would be cool. So orcs have tons of options. Yep. Now there's a lot of directions you can go to. I and I wonder if they will be limited to like five detachments, the way we've seen on other factions, or if they're going to go like Nids or Space Marines, where they actually have like six, maybe even seven to go off of. Because there's uh, lots of different they, factions you could build orcs under. Yeah, I I think I would be surprised if if they didn't get six. Mm-hmm. Like I just 
considering they they do have one of the bigger model lines. Yeah, I I would I would agree with that. Like I imagine we'll get at least 6 out of them. Um, moving on, uh, then later in the spring, we get Codex Adeptus Custodes. Um, Dennis, what are you hoping to get out of that one? Uh, well, truthfully, from what I'm also reading from the comments, um, more models um, would be the one thing. Because Custodes, the problem they have right now is a lot of their best units are Forge World. And that's a problem. Um, you would rather have your forge world just be like supplementary, not your best units come from there. Uh, I know all factions have had this problem in the past during different editions. Custodes are definitely there now, but that's only because their line is so small. I mean, a Votan probably have as many codex units as, as custodes too. Um, but I would love to see them get reworked a little bit to where Sisters of Silence do something. I would love to see their four up against um, mortals get changed to four up against psychic. It was probably too strong just the other way, but I, I, I don't know. I would like it against mortals, but in theory, lore wise, it was supposed to be just against psychic. But, uh, and truthfully, I would, well, no, they've got, I would, like I just I say Sisters of Silence expanded and made where they're like they're not just bubbles of anti psychic which don't do much nowadays especially as you noted because there's no psychic phase this is a unit that really feels that um so yeah those would be my things more uh, uh, improve the line bring either bring some Forge World units over or um get comparable units and legend the Forge World stuff like they did to the Space Marines. Or, and then I guess touch up on their rules and sisters. Yeah. And as far as models, would, do you think they would just do plastic versions of some of the Forge World stuff like the, the, the Telamon or the Caladius? I like, would say the tanks would where I'd focus. Mm-hmm. Um, cause. T- that way they can kind of bring them in and balance them better since Forge World, I don't think, always gets balanced with the rest of a codex. Not not nearly as often as it needs to. <laughs> and the Telamon really is fine the way it is, but I would love to see. Because right now their only tank option is <clears throat> a Land Raider. I almost said Land Fortress. Um, <laughs> so them having a couple more options there would help, like, fill out the line because right now it, they've got one dreadnought one tank so yeah i would love to see them bring the other three dreadnoughts over tell them or if they brought one just the telemon and mm-hmm. then definitely some of the um other vehicles you can leave the flyers in forge world leave some of the others be yeah i'd love to see no orion over there but i i think orion is definitely a um, orion is forge such world. a it's a big enough thing i yes. think it should stay as forge world <laughs> Well, and I think the uh, the the Caladius and like the the Kronos, the Grav tanks. I think those probably aesthetically probably still work a little bit better being in the uh, in the Horus Heresy. But I think you could absolutely do forty k versions of those vehicles. Still make them Grav tanks. Still have some of the still have a different design aesthetic than what Space Marines have with their Grav tanks. But like, yeah, fire support I think is the big area where where custodes need help because they just don't have a lot of 
you know, high, high power shooting. Um, and I think having, you know, giving them a couple of tank options, giving them a couple of, you know, uh, shooty dreadnought options would be, would not, uh, would not be missed. <laughs> yeah. And it would also help, you know, like, let's let's also face it like the caladius and other tank they're expensive those are expensive ass kits at 160 plus the cheapest one is the palace tank at 120 and it's not even it's barely even a tank but yeah they they definitely need need to have enough options to not have to lean so hard onto forge world to, to patch holes there. Um, as far as number of detachments, do you think they could even get them up to five? I could, I'm just going to take a random thing and I think they could get three. three. I mean, right now they've got more. I mean, if we look in the past, they had the different, I guess, shield hosts, shield hosts. Yeah. And I think they had five of those, didn't they? They did. So mm. they might one for one copy that or yeah, I'm not sure. Cause uh, with the katas, they kind of can have the flexibility already. So I, I'm gonna say I'm not sure how they they want them to play. I I could see having a detachment that leans very heavily onto sisters to try to like give them something. I think you'll have just the the standard detachment that they have now. Um, and I'm trying to think if they would, or do you think they could have something like a Talon's detachment that really worked on synergy between the two? Like the two that would be that nice. Going. Yeah, because like a Talon's one where you could actually use the custode stratagems on sisters, because a lot of the times the sisters are there, you've got your stratagems, but you couldn't use them on the sisters of silence because they're not technically custodes. So having a Talon's one where the stratagems work for everybody would be a big help. Um. I can't, I mean, we, I can't see them in having a dreadnought heavy one because that doesn't seem to be in their fluff. Um, maybe an all infantry one that focuses on the current codex units. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll have to see what they do, what they do with that. I mean, we'll find out before too long, but I think, I imagine when we, we will probably start getting previews from them. Gosh, if they're if they're when I think they're going to come, like they might be hitting shortly after Adepticon, or maybe around Adepticon. So that would be neat. That would start be seeing cool. previews there. Yeah. Well, and and we do have a, a a GW preview coming up in a month at LVO. So oh, true. We'll yeah, get so we you know we'll um, get some more releases I think from then. More. Right, more I'm ideas still stuff betting that's, that's going to be Dark Angels Orcs. Previews. Sure, but I think they'll they might they might we'll get a lot more clarity I think on some Fair. of this stuff. Yeah. Um then next up is Tau. Um Tau and Tau stuff. <laughs> I I imagine like what we're likely to see there is plastic characters. I think we'll see like we'll finally get a pla- we'll get a plastic Anva. I think they're going to they're gonna do Isn't that he in plastic. And he is. They- he's technically a, pr- a holographic projection. So maybe they'll do him yeah. in that translucent blue plastic <laughs> they've been using for he the, only- uh, <laughs> Middle Earth stuff. He only had to die to finally get a model, like a good model. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, uh, another ethereal kit would be would be great. Cause- well, yeah, because they still have like stats for Anshi, and like they had him in the last Codex even, and he 
doesn't he hasn't had a model in forever. Um, also, I think we'll finally get to see plastic Vespid and maybe a new plastic, like uh, a new Crute Shaper. Since they've got like the Far Stalkers from Kill Team, I could see them like, and I think that'll be a detachment. I think we'll have a Crute focused attachment for sure. Here, here's a question, Rob. Since we've got Vespid's Crute, are they going to introduce a new alien race that's in the Tau's sphere of influence? That would be, that's interesting. Um, I, as as the comic I posted in chat a while back, it's like, yeah, they're a uh, they're a multiracial conglomerate of alien species. Really? Can I see them? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, th- yeah, that was actually exactly what I was gonna say. Is like th- they have the lever they can pull to like additional alien auxiliaries. Anytime they want to pull that lever, they've got you know additional crew units because like crew hounds and the crew tox and you know all that stuff. It's all fine cast. They could flesh out the crew. They could flesh out vespids. They could add other alien races. They could finally give models for like the hood. Um, they could bring Zotes back if they wanted to. Like, no, there's... Codex Zotes is still its own thing. But that's what I'm no, saying. It's like they it's can, just a detachment can... inside of Codex Tau. Yeah, you're, are you <laughs> saying James Workshop lied to me? They can. No, get... he's just misinformed. <laughs> that's fair. Um, they could. That's the thing. Is like there's so much potential there for them to take that in any direction they want because they have, quite frankly, dropped the ball on fleshing out the alien auxiliaries. Um, yeah. so anytime they want to, to fill that part of it out, they can go buck wild with it and they can do whatever they want. They can be new alien races, new things. Like, I don't know that there's a, there remains that huge potential. I don't know that they will do anything with it, but it's still there. Yeah. Cause otherwise like battle suits, I don't think like, unless they want to do a new stealth suit line, cause that's a very oh. old kit, but yeah. I don't, I don't know if they will. Uh, crisis suits got redone not that long ago. Commanders all got redone. Farsight's been redone. Um, like the fire warriors all got redone not that long ago. Some of the tank, like the tank chassis yeah. is old, but like if, unless like Eldar's is older and that one's holding up, like the, the wave serpent slash Falcon body holds up I, fine. I, and mean, I, think, I think their vehicles are fine. Just also look. Yeah. That got you and Kevin both into yeah, town. No, I mean, the, it's, yeah. it's a classic design now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't I don't see them necessarily redoing any of the vehicle line. I don't think there's anything really so pressing from Forge World that they would need to port over to plastic. Other so of the manta. I, yeah, I, one one thing they, <laughs> other than maybe, well, okay, not the man, but other than maybe that I could see them theoretically bringing over the Tetras. Because yeah. they're super, they're super popular. But that's because they made them stupid good, um, well, and they one, one thing have. that we've always, <laughs> one thing that's always come up from Forge World that's one of the more popular designs. Um, and I don't know if they've ever been like explicitly very good, but the XV nine uh, crisis suits or oh, yeah. crisis suits, but the XV nine suits with like the different weapon loadouts like that, they they fill a different function, even though they are very similar suit wise. I think those would be interesting to bring over or something like that, like introduce a new type of suit. Um, but I don't know that they will. I would much rather them flesh out the alien auxiliaries first or, and or get rid of all of the fine cast character models. Yeah, it's like I, I see, I imagine the, the I would like to see them kind of legends off some of the, the Forge World stuff for them, honestly. But uh, yeah, I think. 
I think I'd I'd most likely just focus on the auxiliaries and a couple of characters. And like if if Onfa is dead, reti- just either retire the model or come up with a plastic one. Uh, yeah, and and a couple like another uh, ethereal option would be nice too. But uh, and as far as detachments, obviously you'll have like the standard Tau one that we've got right now. Uh, there'll be a far side enclaves. I imagine we'll get a crude mercenaries detachment or you know an alien auxiliary detachment, and then probably a couple more focusing on like technology and maybe like a stealth detachment. Yeah. Like, so would like a the big far and a, and a stealth one detachment. be just like a far sight one, or would it be its version of the eight? No, it would be a far side enclave, but you could play the eight under it. Yeah. Okay. Well, because like there's because and it'd be interesting because we've not seen this come up, although they've mentioned it that they're looking, you know, wanted to have some of the detachments limit options as well. Um, and obviously, like fluff wise, far sight detachments, the far sight enclaves don't have access to ethereals. They don't have access to as many of the the auxiliaries and some of that stuff. So it would be interesting to see if they finally pull the trigger on like, okay, this is a detachment that gives you this, but it restricts you rather than just it's better for this, but you can still use it for other things. I don't know. It's be interesting to see if that, if the design goes that way or not. Yeah. Um, and I, th- and also we wouldn't have the eight cause I think they're down to the five. <laughs> sure. Cause like two of them die and one of them is like critically injured. Yeah. Like, you can, oh, you can but- promote some other field commanders. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I, seeing a far, I want to. I do want to see like far sight post Arthas Moloch, like post yes. the, like that's that's where I, like fluff wise, I'm definitely interested in that. But that, that's kind of like Tau. I think we'll get a few things on auxiliaries. Otherwise, I I don't think they'll get much. But I'm curious to see what the detachments look like. I mean, part of me is weird. I would love to see Kevin's version of far sight into the thing where far sight <laughs> enclaves is, doesn't have far sight anymore, but they follow his teachings while far sight himself is off in the corn world, world eaters book. <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna happen. But that would be cool. Yeah, so my thumbs already on the scale on how I want that to go, but that ain't, yeah. that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, think something closer to where you'd wanted to go. Chaos Space Marines is the codex after that. Um, there's a number of things that they could theoretically replace. Let's see. So, it, well, first I'll this? talk on my wish on Chaos Space Marines. Yeah, I want all the Emperor's children taken out. Yes. Yeah, I think I, we, we kind of, yeah. that's kind of where I think we're all <laughs> leaning is that like they need the world eaters treatment. Yes. Well, Except I, with more I models. Think <clears throat> I think it'll give us a couple of, I think this book will give us hints of where some things are going because I could also see pulling, you know, the, the trader guardsman models out, potentially pulling Vashtor and some of the demon engines out to save them for a later book as well as like the Emperor's children. So like, I'm very interested. I could absolutely see when this book comes out, there being a huge backlash because a lot of things are missing because they may be coming out later in a different book. (laughs) Right. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, 
as far as like some models I think would make it into this book, um, cause they don't have much in fine cast anymore. Like the only fine cast bits are Emperor's Children noise marine stuff. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I mean, they're mostly plastic. I would like to see a new Chaos Lord model that has options rather than the fixed pose one from Blackstone Fortress. How yeah, about if they could like it. take two power claw or claws? They can, they, the Chaos Lord can. He, like, he can actually what take What about the Terminators? Uh, no. <laughs> One of them can, but it's only dual accursed weapons. Yeah. yeah, yeah would, thanks for hitting on I the would source actually, such. No, I'm I just would, thinking uh, things I like that. I would absolutely love to see, like, an assault Terminator kit for Chaos. Right. Voton, all of our special weapons got lumped into just, it's a weapon. Mm-hmm. And so I could see them with actually having a codex branching that back out into you actually have I, more specialized weapons again. I think so, and I think they will, but I think they will when they release a kit that, that allows for those options. So, like, I personally, I fully expect World Eaters to get Melee Terminators back, either when they release an Assault Terminator or a Terminator, a new Terminator kit with all the Assault weapons for Chaos, or if they release a specific God-marked one for World Eaters. So, like, I do expect those those options will expand back out. It's just right now it's kind of in a weird spot where it's going off the old kit and, you know, old kit. It's like three years old. But, um, you know, the limitations of that older kit. And I think that's why some of those things are not in there. And that's why, you know, you can take dual lightning claws on the Chaos Terminator Lord because it comes with it. So, yeah, I yeah they do still have the Terminator Lord models box. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one model I noticed is not listed anymore under Chaos Space Marines at all is Lucius. But yeah, so God, he's I, I, fine cast though. So he is. Well, he's, he's not. Model, he's though. he's gone. Like he's not even listed yeah. as like temporarily out of stock or anything. He's just gone. They're just not available. Maybe um, found someone finally tricked him enough. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so chaos. Oh, one thing they do need. The one last, or I guess there's two ancient, if you include defilers, but the last ancient kit they have is the Chaos Bikers. Like that yes. kit, they yeah. need, and if we're getting new, new, uh, like Ravenwing bikers, we should get new Chaos Bikers. Yes. They, Man, they I, need I, that very badly. I'd forgot that Chaos Space Marines even had bikers. That's oh, I've got a unit of three. I've got a unit yeah. of three bikers that I like to use, but yeah, they're, it's an old stubby kit and not every, the rest of their line's been reworked. The other so, one that, or, so orc bikes, Chaos bikes, Space Marine bikes. So 2014 is year of bikes. Yes. Yeah. 2024. Yeah. We're going forwards. Yeah. Yep. Speed. The freaks. other model that I, the other model I could see them potentially updating because they get kind of a little bit of extra bang for your buck with this. The Chaos Spawn Kit, while it's in plastic and I like the modular nature of it, is also ancient. <laughs> yes. And Very I could see so. them, I could see them releasing a, a kit, a dual kit for, for Age of Sigmar or the old world and, uh, and 40k. Yeah. That, that gets an, an updated Chaos Spawn Kit, which would be nice. Yeah, no, that absolutely needs it. They absolutely need a new. But the bikers that need to a- come first. The bikers yeah. need to come first. That's <laughs> it goes without saying. That's just one. Yeah, the one spawn box is functional though, and and yeah. is fine. The 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 bikers need need a new kit really badly. So yeah, I would say a new Chaos Lord kit 
comparable to like the captain one we have for space marines where it does actually have a lot of their options and a and chaos bikers and if they they did that and then we saw all they kind of held off on the emperor's children stuff and pushed that to a new to a new book i wouldn't like i can work around not having lucius and noise marines for right now like i can and like and the question would be – and they would probably handle it the way they did with world eaters where it's like, yeah, we'll put up a temporary document that allows you to use them until their codex drops. And that would be – I would be I'd be fine with them kind of patching that in as an index for, you know, Emperor's Children. I and don't know deta- that they will, but I would yeah. like to see – that's what I'd like to see. Right. And the detachments, I think we'll see things along the lines of the various legions. So we'll get like the generic one, which would be Black Legion. We'll get a, probably a, a Night Lord, especially with the Night Lords getting their own kill team. We'll get a Night Lords like terror detachment. We'll get an Iron Warriors like or one that might do double duty between Iron Warriors and like Cult of Vashtor for like, you know, mechanical stuff we'll probably get a world bear or not world a word bearers uh detachment uh that's or uh, that's around like cultists and stuff and we'll probably get a uh the sneaky alpha legion just you know disruption detachment and then maybe something for like uh creations of bile maybe yeah there's there's plenty of options like i think you'll see kind of you know the the Similar along the lines of like what Space Marines got, where it's like things yeah. that that approximate the various legions, but not exactly. And again, there's a number of ways to play, like the Corsairs. You know, you could do something like that. Uh, there's there's plenty of options. Oh yeah, yeah. So I I think I could even see if they wanted to be a bit bit spicy, uh, doing a, a fallen detachment. I would love to see that. Especially since you have Cypher, who's... You do still have Cypher, yeah. feels weird that he just, oh yeah, I just joined this, I just joined this. It's I would love to see one where he is kind of leading the Fallen, yeah. as opposed to doing his own little thing. So while they don't have Lucius on the website, they do still have the Fallen kit on, on the uh, website that they sell. Yeah. So... so. So yeah, I could definitely see a fallen detachment. Um, I'm oh, that's not right. going- There's beastmen now too. Yep. I forgot. There's actually a full beastman thing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Forgot that. Uh, I yeah, which I could see being like kind of worked into the like the word bearers detachment maybe. But uh, um, I am not going to say a trader guard detachment because my wish list, one of my wish list items, I'll get to is a trader guard detachment or a trader guard codex or well, detachment in the uh, the guard codex I'll, but. I'll also toss this out i think vashtor might be leaving that one maybe for his own one you think vashtor will end up in a okay so so we'll let's get to that in a little bit we've got two more <laughs> two more on the roadmap for sure for summer and then we'll get to the redacted one and what we think that one might Wild, be. And wildly, wildly speculate there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've got Gene Steeler Cults, uh, which I don't know what new models that one would even need. I, That's it, an entirely plastic army. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, it, it's such a, you know, relatively new line in general. Like, I can... I can only imagine that they just get 
and like they have so many characters like just saying oh they ju- they'll just add in another character they they don't really need another new character no like i don't i don't use all the characters they already have i um <laughs> so like <sighs> i got one I, for you the limo we need uh, the limo yes yeah yeah <laughs> um honestly the there's there's a kit that needs to be updated for them that's pretty obvious uh in my opinion the gene stealer kit mm. well they did we got a new gene stealer did we? kit did we yeah yeah nids the, got the, a new the nids got a nids new gene okay yeah gene stealer okay um oh okay as when i could, I, when i pull up on the website it's still the old one which you know that's Good job, GW. <laughs> yep. The, um... Okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's right. They, they no, that's the new one. Is that the new one? That's the new one. Oh, the, okay. the new one looks very similar. Like, it doesn't... Oh, okay. There's, there's not a lot of change to it, so, like... Yeah, I guess this is the new one. Okay. Fair uh, the, uh... They could do a, a variant, uh, like... Because they released the... The, the three leaders, the, the Primus, the, the Magus, and the, the Patriarch, kind of as, like, one glob, because that's how they originally came in the box. They were all in one sprue, but they did eventually release a completely separate Magus. They could do, like, a completely separate new sculpt of the Primus and, and Primarch that they sell the patriarch, uh, as, as like separate individual models and do like a fat patriarch on a throne. Like the old one. Yep. Yeah, that would actually that would be, be pretty cool. cool. That, that would well, be, that would be my, my out there wish list thing is and since we're fat on patriarch a, on a throne. That would be cool. Since we're on and, a kick of, uh, since we're on a kick of bikes and stuff, they could get like they have like kind of the light dirt bikes, maybe like some heavier bikes or something. Well, the, the Jackal's box does include an ATV, so yeah, I know. I'm okay. just thinking. Of, I'm just thinking fat, of ways to, to get bikes for everybody. A fat patriarch on a throne that's actually a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Give him mobility. It's just like a, a like one of those like. Uh, Walmart. Rascal, you know, scooter things. <laughs> the patriarch rascal. Um, <laughs> or, they could, back to- or they could make him flying and he could just be like, uh, uh, what's the, his name the- from Dune? Uh, oh, Baron Harkonnen, oh, yeah. Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> get flying the, um, around. <laughs> what you do is you get the slan from the new Seraphim line. Yes. And just, yeah, I was just, and just thinking that. Him, yeah. <laughs> just- yeah. Uh, on this on this thread, uh, going back to Chaos Space Marine Armies, I I am gonna say this, and it's kind of a meme, but like I am a thousand percent serious. I want Doom Rider back, and I want Doom Rider on like a gigantic like centerpiece plastic model that's like you know the cover of like Bat Out of Hell <laughs> type thing. Like I want yeah. him 
<laughs> you know, honestly, if you're going to you, – let's do Chaos Bikes and a Chaos Bike Lord that can be a do- – kind of like the that way Lord Invocatus can yeah. be uh, – yeah, have a have a yeah. Doom Rider that could be a Chaos Lord on a bike. <laughs> and it the hey, if we're doing a Chaos Lord kit and we've got Night Lords, we should have a Chaos Lord with a jump pack. Like they need to yeah. do all the options. Yes. Like give it, give us all the options so that you can build – give us more options for building Chaos Space Marines and I think that would make us all happy. Yeah, and then I yeah, and then Gene Steeler cults. I mean, we have like the, you just do detachments for the different cult styles. Yeah, yeah, like the the bike for the bikers, the the uh, one that's very focused on like hopping in and out of of you know you know reserves. And, yeah, uh, one that's built around like the aberrants and the like the big heavy hitter like melee units uh, so yeah i get yeah you just basically yeah base it roughly on the the like the different individual cults and i think that yeah you pretty much got that covered actually thinking about it there is something that that army like doesn't actually have that would be an interesting ad and like it'd be like in that aberrant range to where you have one that is actually big enough to be classified as a monster. Ooh, yeah. Like yeah. just a huge swollen weird mutant. Yeah. That would be cool. Like something almost Carnifex size. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, that actually be terrifying. It could the modeling potential on that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Also, better Brood Brothers rules <laughs> would be nice. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Or even just a detachment that lets you bring in guard stuff more easily. That would be cool. Yeah. But like puts other limitations on what you can take. Yeah. I I can see that as being like that is what one of the detachments is, 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 you know, just kind of a brood brothers detachment. Yeah, I could see that. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got Adeptus Sororitas. That's our last known codex. Um, again, an army that's been entirely redone in plastic. There's nothing resin to redo on this. It's all plastic at this point. Other than like Crusade... Well, I take that back. There's some very, very old models like Crusaders and Preachers and Missionaries. Yep. I mean, and I was uh, actually- you, you already know which models I want, though. I, I want yeah. the Canonist and Jump Pack and then the Canonist on a Warsuit. Because I would love a leader for each of those two units. No, for sure. Well, you do have more of Vol, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, for, for that's my point. That's- and she's amazing, but she is an epic hero. I would just want someone generic so they can take enhancements and stuff. Because it always yeah. feels, I don't want to say it's a feels bad, but I mean, if you take Warsuits, you're taking more of Vol. I mean, that's just a given. I, right. I would like to have options. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, same with Celestine and the the Zephyrim and Seraphim. I mean, you always take if you're taking Celestine, you take them and vice versa. Jump pack Canonist or jump pack like Palantine or something like that to to be able to add to those units would be nice, right? Yeah, maybe a jump pack Palantine and a Warsuit Canonist. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I to to the thing you mentioned with like the preachers and the crusaders and and like the the death cult assassins. Um, I'm thinking about like that kill team uh, Inquisition agents box that they just released. Uh, well, they just released that they released like six months ago. Something like that, like filling another one of those out and like you know putting a box that has some of these other units that can pull double duty as like inquisitorial agents and units in the sisters uh, codex would be nice. So yeah, that well, like it, you have the ability to like do preachers and missionaries and you know just do an yeah. ecclesiarchical kill team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got the novitiates, but like do a kill team that is just like a preacher and some crusaders and death cult assassins and maybe one other thing that we haven't seen before, and just have that as a a kill team box that you can then build other things with, and that would be fine. That would cover it. Yeah, I other than that, like I don't like they're covered on tanks, walkers, they've got jump units, they've got plenty of infantry, no lack of characters. Honestly, I think like the model line is pretty close other than some options on canonists or and it could just be a canonist. You just have canonists with jump pack, canonists with yeah, and I yeah, canonists in a war suit would also work. Um so yeah, I, I don't think you have a lot to add there. And detachments would basically be based around the play styles of the various orders. Like, I, I think of all of these, the sisters are the ones that, like, are the least surprising on what it's going to be and what they need model-wise. They're pretty basic. Which is it's fine. It means that they are where we want Votan but, and World Eaters to be eventually. But, Rob, isn't every edition where they change Miracle Dice? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I, they don't need to change. Miracle dice are fine. I think. I, I think they, they're fine where now they too. have the yeah where they have the acts of faith system. I mean, maybe tune it a tune it or tweak it ever so slightly because you you want to make sure that you've got good ways to generate them. But I I don't think they need to change it up a lot. I think they're pretty good with where they are. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I just I think give us some more detachments to to support some more build types, and I think. I think sisters are, are, are fine. So this is going to be the, one of the easier codexes to do. And then we get to the big black redacted <laughs> spot for the end of, end of summer. <laughs> and I think we've, time. and I think we've already kicked out a couple of, of ideas on what this could be. Zotes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Three ideas. Three ideas on what this could be. <laughs> I'm still so, hoping for Emperor's children. Emperor's Children would be a big one. Uh, I mean, that would be the chance to get a plastic Fulgrim, a new Lucius, yes. new Noise yes. Marines. Yes. Um, and it, that would, it would be interesting to see if they go at this the way they've gone for like, um, you know, Thousand Sons and World Eaters and Death Guard, where it's like there's, other than like some vehicles and demon engines, there's no overlap in model line. Which Are they going to? Would make me cry a little bit. <laughs> or would they go at, would they go with this in more of a codex supplement emperor's children way where they can borrow stuff that. from the chaos space marine codex i would prefer that to be honest cuz like i don't think i don't know if you need slanesh specific versions of cultists i'd like i you know i don't like I I wouldn't lie. I'd love to see some like noise dreadnoughts and noise like oh, noise terminators. <laughs> like there's there's some things I definitely would love to see for Emperor's Children, but I don't 
like I at this point, the main things I want are I want a new Lucius. I want p- a plastic, like multi-part five model noise marine kit, and I want I, I want I want Fulgrim, noise marines, and Lucius. Y- anything else you give me beyond that is gravy. If you want to give it to me in the Chaos Space Marine Codex, I won't cry, but I would love to see them get their own thing. Yeah. Although we also haven't seen any of the other cult legions get a codex yet. So like I'm trying to figure out like what how many detach like how would how many detachments would uh Emperor's children get? Would they move creations of bile over to that book? Because he that's an offshoot of of Emperor's Children, like ha- like there's a there's a lot of gray space there where you could could figure out a lot of different things for builds, but I'm well, trying think, to figure. I think or Dark would it be Angels more like custodes. Gonna, well, I think Dark Angels is probably going to give us the some of the like the first ideas on some of this because I think the way the chapter supplements work is closer to how the 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 cult specific legions are going to be. Um, so I think you might see, you know, on Dark Angels, like you might just see three or four detachments and then they get access to, cause like, so like that's the thing is like for Dark Angels, do they get, do they only get two detachments, three detachments in the supplement and then access to, access to the, you know, six Space Marine ones, or do they lose access to certain Space Marine ones? You know, and here it's like, would they get access, would the, would the world, uh, Emperor's children get access to the Chaos Space Marine, you know, detachments and maybe one or two of their own. Maybe that's a way to do it. I mean, it's a little bit trickier because you've got much more like much less unit overlap, but I don't know. Maybe that's a way to do it. Yeah. The other possibility also kind of in the same vein would be a Dark Mechanicus. Yeah. In my opinion, I think that's what it is. I think I I think that's more likely because I there's think already that's more likely as well. I think there's already more models out there for a Dark Mechanicus army because you could pull the the Traitor Vash Guardsman. Door. You could pull Vashtor, you could pull the Venom Crawler. Uh you know, you could pull uh the the um Oh, I just blanked on the name. The the one that's riding like the mechanical spider. Uh the Lord Discordant. Discordant. Yeah, thank you. Just totally blanked on the name. You could you could potentially bring back, say, things like the Blood Slaughter or the Brass Scorpion and bring those back as Vashtor, you know, Mechanicus uh, vehicles. Unlegend that then, them? <laughs> yeah, like, we'll unlegend them and do a plastic version. Like, I, 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 there's, there's a ton of potential there. And, you know, judging by the way that the grand narrative went and some of the Arcs of Omen stuff, Vashtor is going to be, continue to be a big, big character in the ongoing story. So I, to me, that makes the most sense. I think Emperor's Children makes more sense to hold off on and do a bigger release down the line. But that's I mean, just me. I'm going to agree with you. I would rather see the Emperor's Children, but I do think it's going to be Dark Mechanicus. Yeah. I mean, I would have rather seen the Emperor's Children the same time they did World Eaters, but that's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> also, I would, for Dark Mechanicus, like, obviously you could borrow units from the Mechanicus line. There's yep. there's stuff yeah. you could take there. And there's Chaos a unit for Chaos Knights could easily ally in, but there's a model, there's a unit 
I don't know if you remember this from Blackstone Fortress, the Negavolt cultists, which were basically dark mechanicum, mark, dark mechanicum cultists. Nope, don't remember them at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, a, a lot of this I'll, stuff is already out there and already exists, so it wouldn't be hard for them to, to, to push back in. And then also in the lore of what Dark Mechanicum was doing is Men of Iron. You could have Men of Iron in a Dark Mechanicus book. I mean, you kind of have, I'm using air quotes, have them with the Castellid robots in um, just Mechanicus, even though they're not actually Men of Iron. They're one step away. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I... I, I I think that's the easiest one for them to do without doing a gigantic release window. Because I think what they're probably going to do when they do Empress Children is they'll do the same thing they did with World Leaders, where it'll be like an ongoing, like, here's the update, here's a year out, here's, you know, the the updates we're doing, here's the design, how that's going. And I think, you know, because I think you just get a lot more attention out of it that way and build up Emperor's Children as a faction that way. Whereas I think Dark Mechanicum is something that they could relatively easy, like, build into their own faction pretty quickly with the existing model model range. Yeah, and and just the the whole fact that they don't spoil as say what it is, like, that almost feels more like a Dark Mechanicus thing. Yeah. Like, thematically, <laughs> right? Rather than Emperor's yeah. Children. And... And I don't think it's going to be something off the wall, like a brand new Xenos race or something like that. Or like, we're introducing a brand new faction. Well, because like, if it was, like, (laughs) let's think about how they did it with, with, um, Voton when they brought them back or when they did world leaders or, or sisters. If they're doing something as big and as earth shattering to the setting of the game as like, here's Codex Crud or, you know, uh, you know, uh, for uh, two years now, they've done an announcement about Codex Zotes. I'm just saying, I I don't <laughs> think they would do something that big, you know. Like, and we're announcing the redacted codex, and we'll tell you more, you know, as we get closer to it. I think that's going to be like we're announcing, you know, a codex, you know, a Rangda, whatever. And here is the next two years of build time while we flesh out this this Xenos race and the models and stuff like that. And I, I just I just don't think any of those things will be would be on this short of a time frame. I, I I really think it's going to either be Emperor's Children or Mechanicus because there's just not any other factions that get up and running that quickly. Unless there's something I'm missing. But I mean it it most likely it's probably something where it's like, hey, Salamanders are getting their own chapter supplement or something like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or 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 supplement Yunari. Yeah, or yeah. Kevin's favorite one that uses redacted all the time, Codex Imperial Agents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, like, there could be a couple, of, there could be something like that, but I just, yeah. Well, I, the thing is, the Imperial yeah. Agents stuff has been, It's not like, enough, th- yeah. Well, also, that's become, like, we're killed, like, if it's going to be released, they'll release that piecemeal via, via kill yeah. team. Right. And work I'm it just into other things. Teasing no. Kevin now. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they're not no, telling you know, us, tell us to think about. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that they're they're not telling us what it is tells me it's they're not just holding off saying, Oh yeah, in, in the summer we're gonna rework Eldari to fix you know, to to give him a second balance pass. No, it's like this is gonna be something big. This is because they gave us all the way up through Chaos Space Marines in the last uh, roadmap. 
this roadmap, yeah, the fact, and it'll, my guess is because it's the last one listed in the summer, this is going to be like an August, like a late August release because, and the reason I say that is we are on a three year, you know, because their main games are on a three year cycle, we are entering the third year. Like this is the third year of third edition Age of Sigmar. And they're doing the Dawn, Dawnbringers storyline right now. That will probably wrap up around summer. So if summer, we're going to see a fourth edition of, um, of Age of Sigmar. So that'll be like June, July will be that big focus, which also makes Sisters a great codex to drop then because you don't need to release a lot of models for it. And then, yeah, August is when they will do the big, this big drop, which considering the narrative and what they've been doing with it between art, like you said, between Arcs of Omen and the grand narrative, which they did say is going to directly impact the storyline and considering how long people have been wanting a dark Mechanicum army, even more so than a, uh, even more so I'd say than Emperor's Children. Yeah, I could, I, I would put my money, like we could see a Fulgrim release alongside Codex Chaos Space Marines, or at least some plastic, like a plastic Lucius alone would make me happy. But yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of with you. I think Dark Mechanicus, because that gives them more of a model range to work with while still not, ha- still, you know, coming up with more things while still being able to borrow enough from other codexes like Obliterators and all the Demon Engines that they wouldn't necessarily need an entirely new line for it, but they could drop in enough new stuff to, to make it interesting. Um, and then do we even want to, th- I mean, we have no clues on anything after like fall of 2020. I'm going to be, I really want to see Eldar next year. I don't want to have to wait two years for them. Um, I would also like to see Votan next fall because I don't want them to get the world leaders treatment of being the last codex. Oh, they won't be. There's still, <laughs> remember, there's still like two more years in the cycle, in the cycle. We've got, yeah, some time. but I don't want them at the end. As, as I agree. Yeah. Getting it there. But, uh, Votan and world leaders, I think I would hope get, get their things sometime this year because that, that they could accompany, you know, they could accompany a second wave of models and units for those, for those armies. Um, but also like I could see them in the back half going through and like trying to punch out like, especially like what, with what redacted could be. If redacted is an emperor's children's codex, for example, then I could easily see them doing death guard thousand sons right after that, because there's not really any need for model release and then do world eaters after that with a second wave and just try to kind of, you know, pump through some of these, uh, other factions like you know gray knights and and you know some of these other armies that maybe won't necessarily get like huge releases just to get more codexes out or you know take the opportunity to do my you know, armies that might actually need model refreshes and kind of spread those out a little bit more and take take a slower attack but honestly at this point the churn them out <laughs> like honestly at this point the army that needs the most model refresh is eldari because they've yes. just got so much ancient stuff yes but, um, and all their ancient stuff's mostly in the aspect warriors and truthfully aspect warriors aren't even put on the table by anybody right now 
So, Which is well, why I, they need a well, they need a release then that gives you incentive to use those. Yeah, not a model release, but a codex release. But, well, they do need them. They yes. need model releases. Well, like, yeah. a lot of like, I and mean, striking obviously, scorpions are coming. Striking scorpions are coming. Um, and uh, we have, hopefully that means we'll get a Karandras before yes. long. Um. And, Fire uh, dragons and Fuegan would be Fu- good. Yeah, sweeping hawks and, then, and Beharoth, and that would and that pretty much is it, except for Asherman. Uh, warp spider. Well, and warp spiders. Oh yeah, and Asherman. Asherman's the one that probably needs it the most, since he's like the leader of all the Phoenix Lords, and his model is very very dinky. I, but I I could see them doing maybe a big winter release for Eldar, like do Eldar and Drukari in the same month, and. Because then that would also help, you know, with like an Inari release or or not a release, but like help Inari become playable by updating both those books together. Right. And then, but use that to do a big model release because Drukari does not need anything new in their line. Their line's done other than, I take that back. They need grotesques. They need plastic grotesques and they need plastic mandrakes. Like the, there's a couple of things they do still need, but and for the most I'm part, I'm sure that Dark Eldar could get a brand new unit that nobody's thought of yet. Oh yeah, yeah for sure, maybe. But actually, Vect, give us a new Vect. No, the, he's um, never coming back. Give us a new Vect as a diet in a dais of destruction. He need, we need a. They need a big centerpiece. You need a Primark model for them. I mean, he yeah. would be that level, but yeah. I mean, with I mean, him being the muse of. He he's kind of removed himself from things. It would be it would be cool to do like Osterman and like Vect at the same time and release kind of like the the Abaddon Gilliman kind of like <laughs> ref- like no like honestly that would be kind of cool like release Osterman as like a centerpiece model like on a vehicle do the do Vect as like the Deus of Destruction like Dark Elder version that would be cool as shit. <laughs> Well, well, and if remember you're talking we about the- an Eldar on a vehicle. There is a Eldar character that pretty much used a Viper as his jet bike. Yeah, in Second yeah. Edition, they could bring him back. <laughs> but wow. uh, I mean, hell, and if we, we're gonna get into we- and if we're gonna get into Second Edition Eldar stuff, of then yeah, I I feel obligated. I have to say it. Bring Exodites back. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would be a Codex supplement. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was gonna say I don't care we how had that it. box. Of, we had that box a while back that was Janezar versus Drazar, and that's right. what yeah. gave us you know ban- the new Banshees and the new Incubi. So right. there's no reason why you couldn't pair them off against each other. True. Either but, that uh, way, or they did release the Archon people in Kill Team, and now the Striking Scorpions in Kill Team. So there's lots of ways that they can drip feed the updates in Kill Team or do a box set of a big thing for the Codex would be, like you said, really cool. So we'll see. But I, I would well, like that this year. And I think I think if they did with Kill Team, if they start if they released the rest of the aspect warders aspect warriors every quarter, like as kill teams, then in December, new codex, all the plastics are done. You've released them as kill team boxes. Almost. It, it would be December, Court of the Young King as a maybe a box set of all the Phoenix yeah. Lords. Okay, there you go. That would be cool. Or maybe not all the Phoenix, but all the ones that need to be redone. Because I don't yeah. really want another Jane Tsar or Mugen Ra or... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we are we're starting to run low on time, so let's go ahead and look at some of the things that people... Other wish list items that people have uh, put together for us. Um, let's see, Bruce Sullivan, I would like to sh- more shows and battle reports for Warhammer Plus. 
Oh, uh, nice. I think we had yeah. someone else uh, add that one as well. Uh, Eric Ross Wyand also said, I want really want more shows for Warhammer Plus or more episodes of shows. It's hard to justify my $60 investment. Yep. Yeah. That's um, I, I'd like to see once all codexes are out. This is also from Bruce. I'd like to see once all codexes are out to continue to see only tweaks and updates rather than redos. And let's roll with this edition a few years. Same with tweaks and updates. You break out of the three year cycle. I would love to see that happen. Probably won't, but yeah. Um, Colin Fairs, I'd like to see more interactive campaigns, just like the one for Leviathan's release where GW collects the results for everyone's games, like a big worldwide narrative. That would be I cool. I mean, that's that kind of what cool. the narrative's doing, but yeah, the fact that they did re- uh, make that a part of the lore and to have the Tyranids take that planet early on. So yeah. Uh, Elliot Rosenblum, what I'd like to see Codex releases get more than one, just one new model. Uh, and I think we are going <laughs> to, I think we are going to see that with some of these books. Yeah, uh, Dark I think Angels get that are in better places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark Angels get a risen unit option. Yes, uh, an Imperial Fist supplement. That one I don't think because that's already pretty much covered by the Space Marine Codex. Like I, I, we might get like a White Dwarf article or something, but I don't think they'll get a whole book. Unfortunately, for like founding chapters. Um, Todd Thompson, second wave of the Voton range would also like some yes. some. Uh, Pros, some fiction books on them as well. Oh, that would be yeah. neat. But yeah, maybe even, even a, like any... a giant robot would be cool. Yeah. A, a Votan Knight. That would be cool. Land Train. Land yeah, Train. Be... Uh, Ross Petherick, World Eaters, second drop, and Leagues of Votan, sep- second drop. We'd li- love to see how they fill the rosters out. Yes, uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Katie and Sergeant Steel. Uh, Emperor's Children Codex, 40k Fulgrim, Dark Mechanicum Army, and new Plastic Guard <laughs> Regiment models. I'm down with all of that. He said mostly yeah. the latter for him. He wants the Plastic Regiments. Catechin yeah. Need Love. Those models are old. <laughs> that plastic, those plastics have not aged well. Yeah. And there's all sorts of other, like, legions, like he mentions Elysian and, like, you know, Valhallans and stuff like that. Like, there's plenty of other, like, uh, regiments that could get models that would be really cool. Uh, David Stanley, GW making all of the data sheets available again. Yes. Oh please. my gosh. That, put that at number one. Yeah. Uh, and then more plastic aspect warriors and Phoenix Lords. I like that. But then we uh, were just talking about it. <laughs> um, uh, James Brown, his wish list is one, no more codex creep. Yeah, not getting mm. that. <laughs> Two, uh, be- uh, more beginner level RTTs. I think that would be good. Yeah. Uh, and number three, all factions need to be within a 5% win margin. They're getting there. They're actually, yeah. we're getting really close to that. So that one might be reasonable. Uh, he says, what is more realistic? One, see Forge World models made to plastic or just an expansion to the Custodes range. Ag- yes. Agreed. <laughs> um, two, to see the 40K community be-, be less hostile both to each other and indeed to GW. Yeah, I know I'll get yes. called a fanboy for that. Yeah, I mean, it's... It- like just I am be not nice afraid to other people be nice to other people. Also, you know, acknowledge that Games Workshop is a company that is trying to extract money from you in exchange for product, but they're also people. They're people that work there, so like be decent to them. 
And three, honestly, maybe just a new GW cafe here in good old Ohio. <laughs> I would love to see, like, there used to be a battle bunker up in Chicago, uh, a uh, a Midwest cafe. I know a northern Midwest because we have technical, <laughs> there's one in Dallas. I know, so like one closer to Dallas the East isn't Coast. in the Midwest. Texas isn't the Midwest. It, it is the middle of the country. No, it's the middle. It's closer to the middle. Texas is its own thing. That is not the Midwest. I okay, do not well consider then, Texas part of the Midwest. I would you you guys can all come visit Texas. <laughs> I will go to the Grapevine and honestly, we should have we should have one in KC because if if they continue to bring the open to KC every year, <laughs> just open one over here. I mean that that's I'd be fine with that. <laughs> um. Let's see, we already got one from Eric Wine wanting more show- shows on Warhammer Plus. His second one was, I would love a couple of updates to older orc models like Tank Busters or Storm Boys with a wall <laughs> banner knob. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, those, those other two are, are also good, you know, suggestions. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Hogg Emperor's Children and Renegade Specific Codex. That would be interesting. A, a Chaos Renegades Codex, which could also include, like, Lost in the Damned, you know, Traitor Guard. Uh, and a new Trazen model and new Satan models. Yes, Necrons, the, like, we need new Nightbringer and Deceiver I, models. Since that Codex just came out, I don't think they're going to do anything with them. I think Necron are No, I don't, I don't think they'll get anything for a while, but they desperately need those. Need, need something for those. They need to be bigger and cooler than they are. <laughs> Um, Trevor Holt, I would like their app to have two options, the current model and one that lets me buy only digital access to the books for cheap, but only yes. give me access while I have the sub running, like Audible. Yes! There's plenty of models on how to do this. So many options. <laughs> uh, Greg Osborne, an Emperor's Children Codex, everything in fine cast updated into plastic, uh, updated sheets for uh, Blackstone Fortress models. Ooh, yeah, that would because there's a lot of characters. One. Yeah, uh, a Morden a Mordheim season for Warcry, that would be kind of fun. Oh, that would be super cool. And then a 40k version of Underworlds. <laughs> that would be interesting because Kill Team and and Warcry are different than Underworlds. They are. That I actually like that idea. Uh, oh, Katie and Sergeant Steel comes back. Oh, and one more loyal. He comes back with a second one. One more loyalist Primarch, probably Vulcan. I think they'll save Russ for something more substantial later on. I Vulcan would be a cool one. He is he is a perpetual. He should be coming back eventually. So Vulcan would be an easy one to to do a new model of and bring back. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with that statement, but I'd still rather see Russ. Well, yeah, you you would personally rather see and those. I'm, I also want Bjorn to get a updated model because using him next to the new Space Marine Dreadnoughts, it felt really weird. It's like, yeah. Bjorn, I'm the 10,000-year-old Dreadnought, looking up and around. At sure all you guys. are, Grandpa. Let's get you back to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> and then uh, finally from Glenn Campy, massive and unprecedented price cuts. I think oh, we would, would all love, love to that see one. that. Yeah. I don't think it's happening. I would just be happy if they keep prices the same. No no increase and I'd be happy. Yeah, if they could hold off on Well, we're just randomly wish listing, I'd also like a unicorn. Like cool. Like <laughs> Well, here's what you do, Kevin. You get your dirt mobile from the chaos thing and put a horn on its head. There. There's your chaos unicorn. <laughs> And then we did have one other from uh, over on uh, Mastodon. Let me 
It was what would what would you like to see happen for next year? Competent rules writing from the Warby. <laughs> okay, that one's almost mean. <laughs> that one's yeah. a little on the mean side, but um, if they're doing better, they're definitely doing better with the later codec. As as long as they can keep the balance together and keep the game fun, um, I think honestly, I think the rules the rules aren't bad. The balance is better than it was. You know, that's the first part of the show, basically. But as several of the other comments <laughs> mentioned, we need better. Like the digital content needs to be handled better. Like that's the that's the biggest biggest thing, and I think it's one of the things that's hurt, hurting the game the most at present. So. Um, so I no, I think there's some some good recommendations and wishes there. And I think a lot of them I think we're on board with. So yeah. Well, thank you to everyone who wrote in uh, at on short notice. We really do appreciate it. Um so uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Uh so as far as we can see, that's what uh you know 2024 is looking like for us. I do think the game is in a better place than it was, you know, in mid late summer. So let's, I, I will be getting back into it. Um, as I said, uh, January 15th, we will be uh, launching our Discord uh, for Patreon subscribers. So if you want to join that, once that is up and running, uh, we would love to see you join us there uh, and uh, talk, you know, talk more 40K with us in real time. Uh, but until then, and until, uh, as we wrap this up, episode 292, episode 300, Edge is ever closer to us. Probably April. I think April is when we'll hit 300, probably. But, uh, it, that, that's, that milestone goes closer and closer. But until then, from all of us here at Preferred Enemies, I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis. And Richard. Good night, good gaming, and Merry Christmas, and may you have a happy 2024. Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2, No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com.